What's up, friends? Welcome to Play Along Podcast, the podcast where we play through games, as always. I'm your host, Jared, and I'm here with Kai. Yep. Yep. And Ben. Yeah, present. Hello. I was I was really hoping you would just say yep as well to match Kai's very <laughs> bland e- introduction. Uh, if you missed the last episode, well, we actually finished up the oh god what did we do last time it's been a fucking eternity it's the stronghold it was the stronghold that's right we finished the stronghold uh and we also had a bonus episode where we did a q a and answered a bunch of your questions so if that sounds interesting to you go check it out it was really fun it was really fun to do the um, q a was brilliant um i've had a couple of people come forward oh um, yeah eric from SideQuesting messaged me and was like loving it and uh ian from retrospective mm-hmm. uh retrospective replay he was like oh it's a really good episode so people are digging it did you see keith's thing and he said he had a man crush on kai now and put all the yeah. dolphin emojis yeah yeah <laughs> yeah put it in my blowhole keith um <laughs> jesus but we actually have a, a review from good pods and it's not five stars i know i'm so excited <gasps> we have, we have a moment three- Yes, we have a three-star review from... Uh, the name is Ben, so Ben, if you have anything to say, now is the time, uh, because I'm going to read your comment out loud right now. Um, uh, no comment. Okay, okay, good. The comment is on our Resident Evil Village episode four, and Ben says, I'm glad one of you picked up on the boss fight reflecting the boss's character, because none of you picked it up on last week. Kai sounds like he needs a hug, or he's 100% a jerk who continues to perpetuate a stigma that prevents people in need from getting help. It's really messed up to say, no one likes you, get over it. It's a genuine problem that's worse due to 24-7 social media. Uh, Kai, how do you respond? Okay, uh, your username is also ginormous76. Uh, and if 76 <laughs> is in reference to your uh, age of birth, some big boomer energy coming off of this fucking comment. Also, I am 100% a jerk. I also like hugs, so get, get fucked. Also, uh, I'm sorry that the, uh, the, the fucking Resident Evil development team can't put together a compelling character. That's not my problem. Also, uh, I don't even remember his name. That's how uninteresting he is, but he's just a big whiny bitch. All right, let's be honest. He's a big, porous, whiny bitch who's just like, oh woe is me nobody likes me i have no friends like okay you know what get over it dude like find another hobby you know paint something i don't know try pottery murdering people is not the answer also maybe talk it out with mother miranda instead of just being you know whiny and like pretentious and giving me stupid ass dialogue scenes that mean nothing to the actual story of the game um but thank you for your comment uh i appreciate it yeah, we're I, happy that we had something other than five. We need criticism to grow, you know? And yeah. even though Kai is not going to change, we're still, we still appreciate your comment. Also, I, ironically, it's a genuine problem that's worse to do to 24-7 social media. I don't have social media. Uh, and I also uh, don't think social media is healthy. So, ha! Huh. There you I'm, go. Yeah. I'm it's also not. a hipster. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to, the one thing I'm trying to understand is like, so obviously it was the Moreau fight they were talking about. Yeah, it was the Moreau boss fight, yeah. yeah. Um, but they were like, oh, you didn't pick up on it last week, which would be the Donna Benenito boss fight. And yeah. I'm not sure the boss fight of that matched the character of Angie or Donna. What, what character? 
exactly <laughs> i'm sorry was there any backstory to them because i don't think there was yeah well it's interesting because we talk about how like you know in the last episode we talked about heisenberg and how you know he hasn't showed up through the entirety of the game we hadn't really seen any 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 of them but if you think about it until we got to the boss fight with these characters there was nothing like we hadn't seen them until then like there was no like you know them coming in randomly talking to us or anything like that it's just like none of these characters had any development besides like when we saw them in the very beginning and then we, we interacted with them in the boss fight and that was it yeah 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 thanks thanks for coming um, to my tech talk also a small personal note my name is spelled ky not kai so if you're gonna Ooh, add me or uh, spell my name Fuck. i mean is i'm not gonna blame like what <laughs> they're supposed to fucking know how to spell my name but also i mean i'm sure it's in like all of the descriptions if you just would have read those but it's fine. sure it is in all the descriptions everyone starts with jared kai and ben it's fine it's okay i'm, I'm curious okay. what it was it must it sounds like the comment was like the catalyst because this person's obviously listened to other episodes if they're referencing Right, they referenced the, the one before, the so they fight. must have listened to it. Yeah. So Kai Kai was the spark that, that lit the fuse. Hell yeah. Are you happy that you were the spark? I'm so happy. You finally got your criticism. I will say Ginormous76 uh, or Ben or whatever your name is. Uh, <laughs> Ben's troll account. When, when they sent <laughs> this to me in the Discord, I blushed. I also said I was going to frame it because I've been waiting. Yeah. I've been waiting with bated breath to receive criticism. You were Kai's I, first. I feed, I feed off of criticism. Compliments oh, you've been are deflowered. I, yeah. You've I, been thank deflowered. You, thank you, Ben, for taking my negative virginity. My negative virginity. <laughs> I will always remember you. I'll be standing in the shower, and you'll pop into my head. Okay. And I'll giggle to myself and twirl my nipples. And I'll be like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> You always remember your first, guys. You always remember your you, first. You always remember. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, Ben, a.k.a. Genor76, for leaving us that three-star review. Uh, we do really appreciate it. Guys, any yeah. feedback? If you want to, if you have a problem star. with this. What? Yeah. It was a free star. Yeah. I, I say three it was stars a one. Go by, go by the, yeah, I mean, free star's average, right? That's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, it wasn't a one star. You're right. But, yeah, guys, if you want to leave us any feedback, criticism is fine we'll take it we'll take it on the chin like a fucking champ yeah. and, and I'll openly mock you yes you can have a good time yes if you're yeah. into public shaming this is the podcast to comment on and interact with because we'll give you all the public case. shaming you want so yes. come on also being a dolphin yeah so getting into this they were at the finale guys this is the last episode of resident <laughs> evil village and it has been quite an adventure the oh, narrative really takes a takes takes a toll they really, in this they last really backload all of the storytelling into the last yeah, uh, yeah. hour of the game we talk about we talk about pacing in the last episode and it definitely this game definitely has pacing issues it's like no story no story no story here's everything we've ever wanted to tell you yeah. and then end you're like, oh, it's like they they fuck okay not only did they shoot their load at the end all in one go but it was also a significantly smaller load than than expected oh it's okay if you have a small load it's, it's performance fine. pressure man it's, it's i understand know. i understand um but yes after we finished uh the stronghold last time now we're heading towards heisenberg and his factory we have we have finished heisenberg's test for us and now we're facing him I mean, the fucking factory is a test in itself alone, but... Yeah, definitely. I was going to say, the factory is just as much of a test as the Stronghold. Probably yeah. more so. 
Yeah, we start with putting the last, uh, the last, fuck, what are they called? The little vessel jars? things that have jars. There you go. I guess they're jars, sure. Uh, into the chalice, uh, and that gives us like a mini chalice, if I remember correctly. Like we it have gives that us a whole thing now, <laughs> but it just like fits yeah. in our pocket, apparently. Yeah, so it's, it's like the giant stump in the middle, uh, yeah, that we've been putting the, the things in this entire time, yeah. Um, and yeah, so we now have that, and we can. I can't remember how you actually use that because I know I, we carry it with us. Yeah, I think right before we get to Heisenberg's factory, there's a spot that we place it down that opens up a new area of the map, if I remember correctly. Right, okay, okay. I think it opens the way to the factory as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's how we get to the factory in the first place. Um, but the factory is in like the far reaches of this map, it's definitely. You know, if the the village is kind of this snowy, decrepit landscape, the factory seems like it's like this farm in the middle of nowhere. There's kind of like wheat coming from the ground, no snow at all around here, and this big, decrepit metal barn, kind of in the background. Yeah, it's um, not to be sort of. I mean, it feeds a stereotype of Heisenberg's character, right? Because he's kind of got that like murderous redneck horror movie villain kind of a stake going for him. You know, like, have you seen, um, have you seen any of the newer t- Chainsaw Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies? Texas Massacre Chainsaw movie. Texas uh, no, Massacre I know. Yeah, I that's haven't. the same, the same thing. Like in that you have like Leatherface and his family and his family are like rednecks. They live on a farm in the middle of nowhere and they kind of have the like same overconfident cocky, uh, persona that Heisenberg has. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely feeds into it. And I would assume there's no snow because he has like a massive four floor factory underneath his fucking farm where he just creates shit. Yeah. I mean, and going into the factory, you know, this is so complicated. Like the whole underground. I mean, again, when you look at it, it's just kind of like this metal barn that's above ground. But as you descend down into the factory, it's just like you said, Ben, there's four floors of just complicated corridors and rooms and you know making keys out of smelting material it's it's wild yeah it's um the one thing i will say before we jump in is that uh for a metal factory there is a surprising lack of rusted scrap and metal scrap for us to make bullets very true that is Um, true i guess i didn't think about that what the hell hasn't so uh, yeah, so before before like we walk into the factory and yeah. um, you walk over to a table with a cloth across it and you rip it back and you can see there's essentially like a pin board with uh, Lady D's photo crossed out, mm. Moreau mm. crossed out. I do remember this. And it, it's essentially Heisenberg mapping out what Mother Miranda is up to. Um, and there's a very heated conversation between Heisenberg and Ethan where... Heisenberg says that he's being used um, and Mother Miranda is just using him as a pawn so she can get her child back. Mm-hmm. And he says to you, if we use Rose, we can take down Mother Miranda together and then yeah, I'll let tra- you leave with Rose. Yeah, he tries to recruit you and convince you that if you work together, then you can take down Mother Miranda, which seems, I guess, is, was Heisenberg's plan this entire time. He also kind of alluded that there was like, someone that he also has lost that he wants to get back to he made like a comment about that like i also have someone that i is dear to me or something like that 
Because, mm. I mean, he was very resentful about Mother Miranda. He didn't like... It oh, seemed yeah. as if Mother Miranda had turned him against his will. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically seemingly manipulated in into becoming part of her team or something yeah well i mean even from the little kind of journal entry we had about lady d it seems like a lot of these people were just captured against their will and experimented on and then from the experiments they were these creations of mother miranda but i mean it seems from i mean mordo and and heisenberg they all have an unhealthy relationship with their creator yeah there's a lot of mummy issues uh lots of mommy issues here oh, yeah mommy issues um, and then called mommy issues yeah <laughs> at the end of the little conversation um we're sitting on a chair heisenberg kicks a chair out from underneath us and we begin to fall down a hole he's been shouting down this hole the whole time telling like gurgling noise that's yeah, yeah yeah there's like gurgling clanking noise coming from down down below and he keeps yelling at it to be quiet as he's having this yeah. conversation with us and we're, we're handing over the hole and he grabs hold of our arm and he's like, this is your last chance. Um, and Ethan says some really cheesy line where he's like, I'll take my chances. And Heisenberg <laughs> lets us go and we fall down the hole when we get introduced to, I thought it was, I thought his head was a propeller. Oh, he does. Yeah. He has a propeller yeah. blade stuck on his face. He is propeller head. So I, I don't know if you remember this, Ben, when this game first came out, but apparently there's a bunch of controversy with, I guess there was like a, I don't know, like a 70s or 80s horror film called Like Propellerhead, and it was literally just that character. Oh, yes, I've heard about this. They, it they was literally just Capcom like they like, stole the design. Yeah, like if you look at pictures of it, it's like, yep, that's that's exact. It's a dude with a propeller for a head. Is it like proper like B-movie stuff, is it? or? I think so. I think it's like B. It's like nothing mainstream or anything like that's very much a b-horror movie okay i'm gonna i'm gonna look this up while you keep talking now we we run away from this beast uh well the good thing about a propeller head is he doesn't have any arms so i guess that's good and i don't know if it was a journal entry or, or they told us about it but apparently like when he was created his propellers cut off his own arms does anyone else remember that am i making that up is that a I fake don't fact remember that there might be you might be fake news in it out here man that could have been a fake fact i don't remember that i think i think we read a piece of paper that said that yeah right like we found I a note so. and it, he was like te- testing out and he was like he's in it like it was just kind of explaining his character or like propeller head's character and it was like he's stupid yeah. uh and he'll overheat uh and burst flames randomly and also he cut off his own arms mm-hmm. uh with the propeller yeah i think we found that journal entry somewhere we find a lot of journal entries throughout about Heisenberg um, testing some of the creatures that we meet later on, um, because they steadily get more advanced as we as we progress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, I'm, there might have been something about it. I honestly don't remember. But uh, Frankenstein's movie, uh, Frankenstein's Army, the movie was called. Oh, interesting. Twenty thirteen, it came out. 2013? Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> is it like 1970s? <laughs> yeah. This is the Very same wrong. one I'm looking at. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, but here. yeah, you're you're being yeah. chased by yeah. a propeller head here. Uh, eventually, you do get to a chute that takes you down into Heisenberg's factory. Yeah, because the convenient thing is that propeller head. Um, they're not like the whiskers of a cat. Like he doesn't use them to tell what spaces he can get into. So if he's running into walls back and forth, yeah. 
he runs into walls and he knocks them down and all kinds of stuff and you can you can use it too i think you just run away from him um in yeah. this point uh, yeah, at then, this point you're just running away from him yeah you go through the shoot and we you end up in the fourth floor b4 mm. materials and you are literally it's it's a scrap heap it's a scrap heap yeah. underneath this factory that heisenberg is seemingly using this metal to create stuff and this is what i'm saying like we're literally laying on a bed of scrap metal but we cannot use any of it to but make none of it's it. usable <laughs> it's like okay cool sure awesome. why not yeah um and now begins our ascent essentially we need to yeah make our way up and get to mother miranda and save rose before heisenberg can use her as a weapon essentially Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're—I was oh, sorry. I was to say we—I believe we're introduced to a new form of the the zombie peasants. Yes. Now they're all like armored and have you know protection over their heads and like metal plates around their body. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, it just makes them a bit more of a nuisance than they already are. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't say they're any more difficult to kill. They're just more annoying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't think there's anything much about this section until we uh we find the big boy in the lift. Good old freaking freaking the Duke coming in clutch. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's multiples, man. Yeah, we need a whole side game about the Duke because I want to I know. Well, you I know. was gonna I was gonna say to you guys, they're they're talking about doing a DLC for the Village. Oh, um, and they're saying it's going to be a free DLC. So maybe we could do it as like an interstitial at some point. Uh, that'd be cool maybe you'll answer all of our questions and maybe you'll fix all of our problems yeah because i mean there are a lot of questions <laughs> there are also a lot of problems yeah yeah um but this is where i ran into a little bit of trouble because you you make your way to the lift and the duke is inside and he set up a shop and you can save there mm. um but now he has two new weapons yes he has uh, what I thought was a fucking submachine gun. It's actually a semi-auto shotgun, the SYG-12. Oh, interesting. I also I also thought it was a submachine gun. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a semi-auto uh, shotgun, I believe. Mm. And um, the V61 is a automatic uh, pistol. Right, but they do cost a lot of money. Oh, they I cost think so much. The yes. SYG was like. I think it was like 90,000 Lee or 100,000. It was a lot. This is what the game has been preparing us for. They're like, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of money. You better save it because it's going to be two really strong weapons that you can't buy unless you have a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Well, no, I I managed to scrape them together um, in the later half of the bit. I think we bought one of them later on. Not now, but I think we got enough to afford one of the weapons. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Well, so because as you're... I mean, we'll talk about it a bit more as we go through, but as you're progressing through you get introduced to new um i'm not sure if they're lichens or what but they're like variants of the armored lichens that we've seen before Mm -hmm. um one of them has like chainsaw on one hand one has chainsaw on both one has like lunge towards you yeah yeah they have like yeah there's one with jetpacks like (laughs) oh yeah well and these these ones are interesting too because unlike the other lichens and like the peasant zombies that we've run into where we can just kind of shoot them willy-nilly like with these ones they have specific spots on their body that have to be shot to kill them 
They have like yes. specific like little glowing orbs either on their front or on their back that you have to shoot that to do any damage to them. Yeah, and I mean this is is kind of alluded to in the journal entries of Heisenberg. Um, yeah, before you meet the first one, he says about how this one, um, like one of the first ones he makes, just kills willy nilly. He can't control it, and he can't like mm-hmm. he has no control over it. Um, and he mentions it being on his chest, which really screwed me up because when I met the next right. version, he was I was back. shooting the chest. <laughs> yeah, I was shooting the chest. I was like, where's the red dot? I was like, oh, it's in yeah. the back. Okay. It's version 2.0. Yeah, right. You kind of get alluded to this too because there's actually some doors throughout the factory that have these like little red buttons on them that you have to destroy to open the doors. So that's It's the same thing that's on these enemies too. Yeah, it, it does a good job of, of priming you. Right. Um, priming you for it, yeah. Did you knife them or did you shoot them? I guarantee I knifed them. them this time. I learned oh. my lesson finally in the last episode of this goddamn game. I learned <laughs> not to shoot them. Did you um did you buy anything else from the Duke before you set off for the rest of it? Because he still has like um inventory expansion and yeah. things, doesn't he? I also doesn't he have new weapon attachments as well? Uh no, those are for the for the for those you can, weapons. Yeah, you can get like a red dot for the shotgun and something mm. for the machine uh, for the handgun. No. I believe I just stocked up on ammo this first time that I saw the Duke. I just got as much ammo as I can and then continued going up in this factory. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've done. Like, literally, because when you kill these bigger lichens, they drop crystal yeah. hearts or crystal somethings. Um, right. Like crystal right. mechanical heart, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like the big the big boys. Yeah. And there's a lot of them going, for, going further into the game. It wasn't until the very end when we come into the ones with the jetpacks um that i decided i went to the duke and i saw how much money i had and i was like if i go back and kill those two jetpacks because i just ran past them after they killed me like four times um i was like if i go back and kill them i can get both of these guns and sell so i sold my tack shotgun to get the new one and like kind of did that mm-hmm. um i honestly i didn't experience that much of an improvement um Oh, having good. the having the semi-auto shotgun is nice compared to the tact, definitely. You, but you just get more shots off. Do you know, like it's not more, really more more opportunities to miss shots is what I'm hearing. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man! Well, continuing forward, the first kind of like main task we have is to get the power uh, diverted back into a certain area of the the factory, because after we break the kind of buttons to these doors, we go in and it's just pitch black in these rooms i think this is where we in- interact with one of the the big um uh metal guys the f- for the first time yes because you um he's like sitting in a chair the room. or something yeah he's sitting in a chair just chilling um and he has a drill for an arm yeah and i believe this, this got me this got me because i was like when, when me and kai got there i was like watch he's gonna stand up i shot him and nothing happened i was like okay and then you walk past him and go in the room and get kind of the uh what did i think the the molds for the keys that you have to make right yeah. yes yeah yeah and then when you turn around and back into that room is when he stands up and comes at you i was like you son of a bitch <laughs> you yeah. got me I knew it yeah because there's so we we have a foundry basically like a, a furnace and yeah we have to go back there several times because we need to find different molds in order to open up different areas so that we can essentially get to the power get to the generator mm-hmm. and turn it back on and leave um, and so this is the first one we get the relief mold, which is um, Heisenberg's crest that gives us access to one of the doors. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's and multiple of these as we go through the yeah, factory, like this different and molds that we need. Loads. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did the same as you. I shot him, and then he did nothing. I was like, oh, this is a, it's a fake, fake jump scare. And then I did something. I turned power on, or I turned mm-hmm. for something like that in that section when I got the relief mold, and yeah. uh, he jumped up, and I was like, son yeah. of a bitch. Uh, these guys are called soldats. So there you go. Soul dads. Soul caliber two. Sounds like sounds like soul patch. Oh, soul dad. I thought you said soul dads. And I was like <laughs> Soul Daddy. Uh, honestly, I like Soul Daddies better. We have we have zombie peasants and now we have soul daddies. Okay, that's what we're zombie naming. Zombie peasants them now. and soul daddies. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, I'd watch that movie. Oh hell yeah. I mean, they, they, they're easy enough to take down, but if they hit you, you fucking know about it. Oh, no, they do a lot of damage. Like I said, they're, they're, until we get later when they have like big guys with chainsaws that charge at you, these ones are relatively slow and they'll start to protect their like chest cavity too, some of the later ones. Yeah, you have to, you have to time it so that as they move their arm to swing, you shoot them. Or right, you can do right. what I did, which is, um, I flashbanged them that sort of freezes them in a T pose and you can shoot the chest. Or if you hit them with a mine or a pipe bomb, they crouch down on one knee kind of, and then you can get them while they're down. Oh yeah, you can. You flashbang your soul daddy. Get yeah. Him down. I flashbang my soul daddy, get him yeah. on his knees and That's then I get him while he's down. That's fucking hot. So this escalated uh, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it's very beat. It's very, uh, very S and M today. I know it really is. <laughs> But we're, yeah, uh, so we're at, we're at the final stretch, so we're feeling a little a little inksy, you know, a little. Well, yeah. It's that it's that Mother Miranda. It's the you know. Oh yeah, because she has so much character as well. <laughs> <laughs> so much. I mean, how much of this factory do you want to talk about? Because a lot of it is just kind of yeah, a, a uh, lot of the go factory... through this door and blah blah blah. Yeah, uh, a lot of the factory is kind of, like Ben said, going through sort- certain doors, certain rooms. Uh, we will get different kind of molds and reliefs to make different keys. Kind of that, that main area where that has the furnace is almost like, you know, in Lady D's castle or in, um, you know, House Benedito where we had like kind of that central hub that we kept coming back to. That's kind of like this, where we kept coming back to this section to make different keys that gives access to different parts of the factory. Um, yeah. You essentially you're working your way up through the basement, um, and you do like the first relief gets you um, mm. into the next area, and then you have a key mold, and I think it eventually finishes with a a gear mold or a cog mold. I think they call it. Yeah, because I think that's what you actually use to get the power back on, and that's kind of the yes. next main thing that happens is once you get the power back on, it starts this whole assembly factory process you know the room that you're in has like those big soldat the soldaties and they're all dangling yeah. there and as you start the power up you see them go across the conveyor belt some of them actually fall down and you have to fight some in that section too which just gives you trust issues for the rest of the game because you see them and you're like oh they don't move when you first walk past them and then when you walk past them again later they'll move and you're like god fucking yeah. damn it you you yeah you take the soldaties to electric avenue and then that's that's just it <laughs> it's downhill from there um you started this who started soul daddy it was kai you started soul daddy yeah is your fault i wanted to talk about that because isn't the the room that you do the generator in isn't there like a a catwalk with like six soul daddies on or something yes and yes, you turn the you turn the power back on and one of them comes back and i was like oh it's mm. only one of them but then gradually over time more of them come out yeah um it's awful 
Yeah, yeah. Like by themselves, I, they're fine. I mean, they're they're a little bit of a nuisance to fight, but by themselves, they're okay. But when there's multiple of them, because you have to be so precise with your shots, and because later on, some of them, like I said, cover their vulnerable spots, it makes it it can be very overwhelming very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Although you do get nice bit um, later on. Um, did you get the little jump scare later on when you're walking through and uh, the hallway? Uh, the f- is this where the, you talk about where the shipping container falls down? Oh, yes. And there's a soul daddy inside. Fucking soul daddy's creeping up on you. And he just soars through the door and he's like, yo, here to fuck Daddy's your shit up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but you can, in this area, there's a nice little, tra- nice little trick because there are, for some reason, these like coils on certain parts of mm. the walls that you can shoot which will electrocute the soul daddies and then you can oh, I could not for the life of me figure out how these things work because I went up to them and because you know I've learned my lesson I go up to them and knife them and they didn't really do anything they kind of just like turned off there's like a little kind of spark and they turned off so I was like man I, I could not for the life of me figure out how to use them but I guess I was just oh, fucking doing it the whole time yeah because if you if you only get it once but um if you shoot it, they will be stationary for like five seconds and you can get a good few shots in at the at the vulnerable spot and then run away. Must be nice. Hmm. Yeah. Finally learned my lesson. Good, and uh, it good, good to know. Yeah, I feel bad for you guys because that's, uh, that's kind of a, that's unfair. Anyway, there is so much. This is like manufacturing the factory the factory is log yeah the big the next big section that we hit is the third floor, which is manufacturing. Um yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more of the fighting, same though. It's more of the same. It's fighting soul daddies. The soul daddies now have chainsaws on their arms and they'll like lunge towards you. So you have to kind of keep that, take that into consideration. But honestly, it's a lot of just the same. Going yeah, through the, hallways the one, and fighting soul daddies. The one thing we do find um, is that there is, there's a mine on this floor and there mm, are a couple of yeah. zombie peasants who are mining. And that's when I realized that I, I think the fins on the heads are giving heisenberg the ability to control them because oh. they they seem to be mining um like mining rocks for the factory and then when you walk past them they'll come and attack you interesting um so i, I assumed it was kind of like some some control device or something some um, mind control device i mean he had he does have the he, you know his whole power is manipulating metal so maybe because they're on the creatures themselves he can control them maybe yeah maybe uh it's right after this section that we run into the jetpack uh soul daddies the soul the soul daddy jet they call it yeah Mm -hmm. soul daddy Um, jets they have Uh, bigger helmet yeah bigger helmet jetpack laser targeting so they will target you and then rocket towards you and do so much damage like crazy amount of damage um, and these are the fins that I ran from and then come back to get them. Uh, oh, no, I think I killed these two because then mm. you have to shoot the red bits underneath the fan to stop the fan from going so you can go up into electrical. Yeah, there's like this, you're slowly climbing up this like spiraling staircase on the very top. There's a very large fan that's spinning very quickly. Um, 
but there's a ladder that leads up through that. And essentially, what you have to do is shoot the little red dots that we've seen on doors, that we've seen on the bodies of the soul daddies, and that stops the fan. But, you know, stopping progression is these two soul daddy jets that, like Ben said, they'll have like a little red targeting beam that they'll like pan back and forth, and then they'll lunge towards you and they just do a shit ton of damage. Yeah, it's fucking, it's bad. Yeah, it's I bad. did kill them because I needed money and I had no ammo either. I had like five sniper bullets and I was like, well, let's, let's hope I don't miss these shots. Yeah, because they drop like perfect crystal mechanical hearts or something. Like they sell for a lot. Yeah, they sell for they like sell 20, for a lot. And that's, why I, that's why I had to kill them because I was like, I have no money and I need ammo. So yeah, I need to kill I am, them. I'm a poor boy. Give me money, daddy. Give me soul daddy. Soul daddy, give me money. <laughs> Oh god! But you, <laughs> we should say as well, like the the whole thing is that the lift doesn't have power to all of the floors. So even though you meet Duke at B four, you can't just take the lift to B one. You have to literally work your way up through the factory and right. sort of do floor by floor and <clears throat> make your way out that way. Um, That's our ultimate can... goal: is is going up this and diverting power to each one of these floors so we can get to the very top. Yeah, you can. Once you get to like B2, you can use the Duke to go down to B4, which is handy because that's where the forge is. So you can get these molds later on and then go down to B4 and make the mold and then go to where you need to go to. So that does cut out a bit of time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about this little fucking section um, with the fan. You know, the oh, fan yeah. in the wind tunnel. Oh, yep. where you have to like throw a you shoot it or do you throw it? You shoot, you shoot the little yeah, button thing yeah. on it and it sucks you in. Yeah, literally you walk into the wind tunnel and Ethan's like, eh, 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 and it gets like pulled in towards the fan. And uh, then we blow it up. Yeah, you just, you have to aim your reticle and shoot it. And he's like, oh, that was close. And then you just carry on. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Good old Ethan. Uh, he, he doesn't have very many, but he has a few. Just as few. We'll, have, we'll make a whole compilation of, of Ethan's one-liners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's something. I forgot. Yeah, he's something. Um, but this this section did get me this little bit here. I'm on. I've gone forward ahead, um, and I'm on the section for B one, and it's okay. just before you go back to get the the key, Heisenberg's mm -hmm. key, so that you can escape the factory. And um, you you've got the mold. Uh, it's like three quarters of the way down. Oh, I found it. Okay, there you go. You're like you're you're going back towards the foundry, and oh, I do remember the this. lights are off, and Ethan walks in, and he's like, "Oh, it's dark. That's weird." And it's like, no, that's that's not weird, Ethan. That's very clearly something <laughs> is going to happen. And you're I've been along here before. Your... I know the situation. Shit's going down. <laughs> exactly, and you're walking along. And it's dark, and as always, the torch doesn't illuminate very far. No, and not at all. I don't know if it happened to you, but I was walking along, and all of a sudden, I just saw a red light. Yeah, because it's it's pitch black essentially. Yeah, I didn't actually see him. I just saw the red light, and immediately I was like, "Oh fuck!" Um, and he just comes yeah. swinging at you. Yeah. Um, these is very tight hallways too, so there's not like a lot of room to like run around. You're just nope. like he's there and he's in front of you and he's going to charge at you and you really don't have any space to avoid it. Like you're going to nope. get fucked up by this guy. And then the game said a big fuck you because I defeated him, went down the stairs to go oh, into the foundry one? to make my mold. 
Yeah, and I heard something on the other side of the door, but I didn't have time to react because I was already through the door and there's another soul daddy on the other side of the door and uh, he just fucking, he attacked me and done a lot of damage. So I had to take him out as well. Good old soul daddies. Yeah, there's, there's a, a couple. lot of soul daddies in the section. There's a lot yeah. of soul daddies, but there's a lot of sections like this where they kind of got me. Like there hasn't been a lot of like jump scare moments here, but this one especially, like when you kill, like you just said, you killed the one, you're like, cool, you know, I'm fine. And then the other one pops up in the door and you're like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> I thought it yeah. was done. Yeah. Um, and then I think after this, isn't it like you, you have the key? Yeah, you make the key, which I think this is... This is, this is the boss man's key. This is the boss for the for the mini boss room, right? Yeah, and then but then as you're going, you go back. Um, you do you defeat that soul daddy, make the key. I didn't do this extra section where you can go to these bits you didn't have before. You can unlock new platforms and stuff. Yeah, yeah I see that. Yeah, I don't think we did that either. We went straight to um, that. Next, I went the next straight back, here. and yeah. I went straight back to the elevator. And this is when you get two big fucking oh they call him soul daddy panzer um armored heads to toe no weak points no a drill on each hand um and i got attacked by one and i was like yeah fuck that so i ran past him after he attacked me at a very small window and i went to run towards the fucking lift and there was another dude in the hallway by the lift and it, this hall he's as wide as the hallway it's very very narrow oh yeah so you can't you can't escape past him you have to like bring him towards you to try and get around him but then because i hadn't killed the first one i was essentially like pinched in between two of them oh no <laughs> yeah i don't know if you've ever been in between two soul daddies it's, it's not a <laughs> it's not a good time or maybe it is Getting Eiffel Towered by Soul Daddies. Oh, yeah. man. It's ne never a good time. <laughs> getting drilled, get time. you getting drilled on both ends? Never a good time. <laughs> never a good time. Not, a, not what you want. But, um, these were the ones that I killed because these ones give you the perfect crystal mechanical heart. Oh, yeah. These ones, they're the ones that give you the perfect heart, yeah. Um, which is how I managed to get the new weapons. Right. Um, which I was underwhelmed with, I will be honest. They just shoot faster. That's essentially what it comes down to. That's sad. Yeah, now that I think about it, I don't think we bought any of the new weapons. No, we we did not. We could not afford them. Yeah, they are pretty even though throughout all of this, we felt like we had a fuck ton of money and nothing to spend it on. Uh, that was made irrelevant here because we didn't have enough money. Yeah, I think, I, I think altogether, I spent like a hundred and sixty thousand Lee getting both oh, of the new weapons jesus christ yeah and because i mean on campus God the fucking yeah, those dollar bills baby. the um the shotgun is like a hundred and twenty thousand oh it might be more than that actually because a shotgun's like 110 or 120 and then the pistol is like ninety thousand. so yeah it was like two hundred thousand lee i had to sell i literally sold everything i didn't use i killed it got to the point where i was killing every single soul daddy just to get the fucking hearts to sell to the duke to get my money up because i was like if they're if they're giving me new guns i need the new guns because obviously they're there for a reason um they're not and they're just it, I, I, I could have done them without them truth be told so you don't they didn't help you or benefit you at all in kind of the mini boss and boss fight going forward i mean i would say that having the automatic handgun um that was nice especially because um in the 
mini boss coming up um and in the mother miranda fight it was nice just to be able to unload and just kind of fucking shoot fast the shotgun was good for heisenberg but honestly i i mean i don't i don't think it was much different it was just it was just slightly faster you know the damage wasn't Mm, the damage wasn't any different no, I, I would have had to do the gunsmithy with the Duke to make the damage better, to make it worthwhile, and I didn't have the money for the guns and the gunsmithy. So, mm-hmm. um, hindsight's a bitch, you know. Yeah. It is what Interesting. it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we didn't miss out on very much. <laughs> no, no, you really did not. But yeah, what's after this is, is Big Boy. Mini boss fight with uh, good old Strum. It's definitely propeller head. It's not straw. What is this? Sturm? Strum? Like, no. It's no. Sturm? 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 He's propeller head. That's what we're calling him. Zombie peasants. I hate, oh, I say I hate Soul this boss fight. Soul propeller heads. I didn't hate the boss fight. It was, it was a good boss fight. It was just very annoying because it's a very small space and you have to use yeah, him I, to destroy the walls to make it bigger. I think that's the part that does get a little annoying just because the space is so small. But I do really like the fact that, you know, kind of luring him into different sections and he'll destroy walls, which open up more of the space. I think that was really cool to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you essentially, he's spinning these propellers and he kind of charges up like a, like a jet turbine or something. Mm-hmm. And you have to slam him into the walls to, to open up the spaces. And then he starts breathing fire towards the end. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but yeah. He like, He's overheating, obviously. Uh, you'll hear him like wind up. And then uh, there's at least like a, a, like a, a cue there. You're like, okay, I got to fucking get out of his way because he's about to blow fire everywhere. Yeah. And it, it's, it's almost like a ball fight. Like he will yeah. just kind of charge wherever you are. You can move and he'll kind of veer a little bit, but more right. or less it's a straight line. Yeah, I, and uh, c- uh, comparing it to a bullfight is exactly what it is because you're standing there, he charges and you move out of the way and then he runs into the wall and his vulnerable spot is on his back. So you have to get behind him and shoot the vulnerable spot at his back. Yes, it was, um, it was a good boss fight. I liked it. It was yeah. very reminiscent of... I, 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 as much as it was annoying having him charge at me, it was a fun boss fight. You no, know, it was, well, it was a good time. What I started um, doing too is I would put mines down, so I'd have him run through my mines, and then you get oh, hit that way too. That's good. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Every now it's and very, then I have a, a smart way of playing games. Most of the time, I'm just fucking shooting, shooting. Wildly. Knows to put knows to put mines down in a boss fight against the ball. Doesn't know to knife uh, <laughs> fucking gelatinous walls. <laughs> Okay, they gave us a rocket and a grenade launcher four <laughs> seconds before that wall. How am I not supposed to associate that? I was going to say it's very, uh, <laughs> it's very reminiscent of. Um, have you played Evil Within, the first one? Uh, a little bit, but not much of it. Jesus oh, okay. Christ. Sorry, there's a bombing in, happening right now. Apparently, <laughs> in the um, in the end of the game, you fight against. I think they called him the Keeper. It was essentially a boss who had a safe for a head. Oh. Um, and in the room, there was like safes on the floor. And basically, he could come, he could stop being one safe and come through another safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very reminiscent of, of that in a way because he doesn't charge at, he does kind of charge at you, but not in the same way that 
uh, propeller head does. Yeah. Um, but that was also a very tactical fight because at the end you're, you're in a bathroom in sort of like a big shower room and there's mm-hmm. two of them. So you had to like lay traps to get them down. And like, Interesting. it was, it was very similar to that. Um, uh, if you've not we, played we, Evil Within, you should. Very good game. Yeah. Second one we, is very slow, but it's also good. Sorry. With this boss fight, I think it was the time, I think it was when you were playing Kai, but we ran out of ammo. And there's just no, there's no going back when you run out of ammo. We tried so much to like get behind him and slash him and stuff like that, but it's, it's just, it's literally impossible. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. No, the, not the, the vulnerable points almost like deep set in the back of the turbine or something, isn't it? So you can't even. Yeah. And not only that, because I mean, he charges to you and you move out of the way and he hits the wall, but you still have the time between like. He's a little farther away, so you have to still run up to him and slash him. You don't have weapons to shoot at him, and by the time you get close enough to him, he's flipping back around. So it's oh, if you run out of ammo in here, it is because I forgot to go into the room uh, on the other side right before you enter, because you did this yeah. first, and we didn't really know yes. how to do it. And then I went and did it and ran out of ammo because I didn't grab yeah. the additional thing. Yeah, there is a room right before the boss fight that's just littered with ammo. So. <sighs> use that if you uh it is it is a good time though like i think it's one of my favorite boss fights i mean i'm gonna say like i i think i enjoyed it more than the heisenberg fight oh the heisenberg fight was nothing the heisen person heisen person heisen person (laughs) (laughs) the the heisen person yeah uh the heisenberg fight is a glorified cutscene yes like i like okay if i can do it on first try (laughs) i'm a fucking idiot all right i suck the back if our resident backseat gamer boy can exactly amen yes damn if you're you're out there and you're a backseat gamer boy you can do this level two or or girl or person or exactly whatever whatever you are yeah all of the backseat Uh, gamers boy in this case is uh all genders it's just (laughs) correct yeah it's the same as like when it's like where we drop in boys like it doesn't mean boys it's like you know (laughs) I love the example of where we drop in boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's relevant. Just how uh, soul, soul Daddies are also multi-gendered. They yeah. Correct. Soul daddy, soul daddy is, even though it sounds masculine, is an over-encompassing nope. term. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a nod to their menacing uh, aurora that they they have. Exactly. What, what Ben said. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Heisenberg again. Yeah, Heisenberg. We uh, uh, propeller head explodes after we defeat him. Uh, literally, it do little tiny pieces. Yeah, and we get the, yeah. we get the complex mechanical heart from him. Yes, which is even more money. Um, which money. we do. Oh, I needed at that point because I was I was still I was hurting after the guns. I had like nothing. I had like nine hundred <laughs> Lee or something. Oh Jesus! Um, but if I remember. Oh, I thought he Spartan kicked us down back into the factory, but we we meet with Heisenberg again. Yes. And uh, he's like, I'm not going to let you leave because you're going to try and stop me from doing what I'm doing and you don't want to work with me. And so he, uh, this was cool how he entered because we we, we go in and he's kind of coming down like, what he's shouldn't be a set on, of like, stairs? Metal. Yeah, exactly. It's like he created a set of stairs with his metal, and he's kind of like slowly coming down, making this grand entrance. And it's like, okay, yeah, Heisenberg. Yeah, it's- which which is what leaves such a bittersweet fin in my mouth when it comes to the boss <laughs> fight, because I, I, I'll talk about that. This, this is something that happens from time to time. But um, 
he essentially throws us down into the factory all the way down to the bottom um and we're like oh my god what the fuck oh yeah i mean we kind of brushed through a lot of the sections just because they're very similar but we worked so hard getting back up here and he just fucking locked us all the way back down to the beginning yeah yeah yes um I, I I do feel bad because, you know, we have kind of glanced over it, but a lot of the factory is just... It's a lot of the same. It's a lot of the same. Get this mold, and on the way to getting the mold, you meet different types of soul daddies and different doors with red <laughs> buttons, and you defeat them, and then you get the next mold. And it's very similar to... Um, uh, it's, it's kind of similar to House Benevito, where it's like, okay, you have to right. solve this bit of the puzzle, and that bit is nowhere near as good. No, 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 not at all. But yeah, Chris Redfield's here building. Did you guys have robot wars in the US? Yeah. Yeah, he's building fucking Sir Lancelot or whatever his fucking name was from Robot Wars. Oh, I don't know names, but yeah. Oh, dude, I used to love Robot Wars growing up. Uh, really great show. <laughs> but he's trying, he's like a big, he's building this like. Uh, what, like a mini tank? How would you even describe this? Like, I mean, it's a tank, but there's also like a chainsaw at the end of it, and there's like all, all these a weird count machine gun. It's also made of yeah. plastic. Oh, yeah, don't plastic. get me fucking started on that. Okay, <laughs> like we'll fucking we'll come to that. Okay, that was we'll such like that. a that is 100%. They already did like all of the work, right? They were like, yeah, we're gonna have a tank, it's gonna be like a Heisenberg battle. They everything we was shocking. And someone and someone was like, doesn't he control metal? And we we're like, fuck <laughs> and the solution was to just be like okay we're just gonna insert a voiceover where chris goes and it's made of a composite plastic yeah. <laughs> it's a plastic metal alloy it's a, which doesn't even make any it's like what wait what is are you saying it's carbon fiber i'm so confused what's happening the, the yeah, cherry on the icing is that this isn't something chris redfield made no it's oh, wait, something what? heisenberg made heisenberg made this yeah yeah, Which means the wait, 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 wait. I was under the impression that Chris has been under here building this the entire no, time. No, 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 no. Chris is under the factory for some reason. He got separated from his team, right? If you read the laptop that's next to the save point, it talks about how Chris got there and Heisenberg had already built this tank and Chris finished it. Yeah. Which means that Heisenberg built a tank out of a plastic metal alloy that he couldn't control. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes no sense. Like, that makes perfect sense. That like having it made of pure metal would be the equivalent of having the self destruct button on the base, right? Like if somebody else gets access to it, you can still control it and be like, "No, fuck you, that's mine." But you have literally put a giant red button on it so that now something can be used against you that you have no control over. That's this. That's this. You know, that's classic superhero motivation it's, or super villain is, motivation. This is what I was going to talk about when it comes to the boss fight. Is like so weird. Heisenberg, don't you feel like this happens sometimes? Like, especially in anime, but sometimes in video games as well. There'll be a boss that you look at and you go, "That boss is too fucking powerful. There is no way on earth I'm going to be able to defeat that boss." And then there's a weird little twist in the lore that makes no sense, and you're like, "Okay." Okay, sure. Right. It's like, I mean, anyone who's watched My Hero, like, I love Overhaul. Oh, yeah. Yep. Love Overhaul. Overhaul is an amazing boss, amazing villain. He has the ability to assemble and reassemble and disassemble organic and non-organic matter. He can literally 
to the point where in, in one of the fights he fuses with another person. Yeah, that was a great fight, by the way. If you haven't seen it, go watch Fucking it. Fucking brilliant fight. But for Deku to be able to beat him, they needed to introduce every Chan who could basically make it so Deku could use all of his ability to defeat Overhaul. Because otherwise there was no way, no yeah. feasible way that they would be able to defeat Overhaul. Gotta throw a rest in the plan. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense. It's the same as Heisenberg, though. Like, if we if this tank was made of metal, there would be no way we defeated Heisenberg. Because that, yeah. that, that guy's just too strong. It's just yeah. too strong. And you can tell, like you said, you can tell that something in their head went, hang on, shit. Like, this guy's too fucking powerful. What, what are we yeah. going to do? I mean, not, not to get too ahead of myself, but there's a good chunk of this boss fight where you're not in this tank. Yes, it's yeah, true. there is actually, Also, hear yeah. me out. Okay, if I was telling this story, this is yes. what I would do. Okay, we we know, okay, a little bit of a spoiler, but not really, because we're going to get there. We know that Mother Miranda is the old lady. Uh, we learned that shortly Fucking after this boss fight. Spoilers. I know, I'm sorry, but hear me out. Okay, we know this. So, we know also Mother Miranda wants us to kill all of her children. Because clearly, we're doing a bang-up job of it so far. So all that had to happen was little Miss Sunshine Grandma comes to us and goes, Hey, little one, here is the, you know, kryptonite for Heisenberg. You know, because there always is something like that. And it didn't have okay. to be some yeah. stupid fuck. It could be some magical sword bullet ass something that she cooks up. And then we have something that brings Heisenberg down a peg. It's no longer some weird-ass tank that Chris Redfield happens to find that's made out of plastic composite at the bottom of the thing, which I will say the tank is kind of fun. Like, oh, the tank aside is fun, from but anything it's else, makes no sense. it makes no sense, but it's, it's, it is fun to like yeah. drive around in the weird tank. But also, that would have been so much better because then there would have been motivation. We know, and then when we learn that the old lady is Mother Miranda, we're even more shocked. We're like, what? She gave us the thing to kill. Mm-hmm. Heisenberg, but no, that's not what happened. Which would just you know justify you, the fact that, oh, she wants to, she was wanting us to kill all these people. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is similar to, um, I recently rewatched it, the original Blade. I know that sounds really obscure. 1999 Blade with Wesley Snipes. Um, we went, me and Ellie went to see it at the cinema. And there's a scene at the end where they're fighting the evil guy. And somebody that's on Blade's team has created this serum that essentially fucks with the vampire molecules in the blood and basically makes them explode. And so that's how he defeats the god because it's like the guy literally becomes a god and you're like, there's no way he can defeat him. Like he tries chopping him in half, nothing like he grows back. There's no way he can defeat him, but he has this special serum. And it was, it's the same as what you were saying, Kai. Like, you know, you have that that one kryptonite that is like, oh, this is going to defeat him. Or what would be even more, even better is that we get to Mother Miranda having escaped from the factory and Heisenberg is killed by Mother Miranda. That would have been good. Because she's, I mean, she created him. So, she, you know, she's a fucking, I mean, we see in the boss fight not to get her, but she's essentially a fucking demigod. Like, she yeah. is super powerful. Yeah. So, to have her kill her last child, I, I, you know, I feel like that's like a, like a bittersweet thing. You know, I feel like that's, to me personally, I would have been like, that's really fucking good. 
Mm-hmm. And like you said, the tank's fun. I mean, you've got like unlimited ammo on the fucking machine gun. Um, but yeah, I just... So there's, there's a metal called gallium and it, it eats aluminum and steel. That would have been great. We could have just injected oh, him with some liquid gallium and then like literally dissolves him from the inside out. Yeah. Or that, even that if Chris, my, Red, that if been Chris Redfield had something, because I'm assuming he did reconnaissance before he came to this yeah. village. Right. But then you wouldn't have been able to drive a super tank. Plastic tank. <laughs> also, <laughs> there's like three times during the boss fight where he fully lifts the tank 60 feet in the air. <laughs> so yeah, like, even yep. though it's made yep. of plastic, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like anything he would do with it made of metal, he can do because he's massive and hey, can yeah. literally do whatever he wants. Because it, it doesn't he just create like a tornado of sorts that kind of just flings yeah. it up into yeah. the air? Yeah, 100%. Hey, if, you, if you've seen Avatar The Last Airbender, you know that there's a little bit of metal in everything. So there you go. It happens in, um, is it X-Men 2? Magneto takes yeah. the iron out oh, of the guy's blood. Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. There I think go. they also put additional metal in him, if I remember correctly. But yes. Oh, I it, yeah, it I think you're right. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, Heisenberg boss fight. Okay, yeah. So we essentially, we for some reason, why does Chris give this to us? I don't know. He's like, go have fun. Oh, no, he's going to blow the factory up. Ah, he's going to blow yes. the factory up. And so he gives us... Um, what apparently is called the fun machine, according to I this mean, walkthrough. Like I was saying, it's fun. It's fun it's, to drive it's around. very fun. I didn't it's realize that was the canon name, though. Like, <laughs> the, fun the, the fun machine and the soul daddies. That is the episode title. The fun machine and the soul daddies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, fun machine and the soul daddies. Um, so yeah, we, we Chris has gone off to plant explosives and we've gone off to defeat Heisenberg before he can get to uh before he can get to mother miranda and uh essentially you the tldr is you shoot the glowing spots on heisenberg um or how what you should say heisenberg is fused into this weird scrap metal kaiju yes um, he's massive now and he is absolutely ginormous and he's got a saw circular saw on one arm and something else on the other arm. I mean, he's like easily 40, 50 foot tall. He's, he's a big, he a big boy, big boy, he a big boy. Um, and you basically shoot the fuck out of the red spots. And then sometimes he'll get close to you and you can use the chainsaw to block as he comes in to saw you. And as Kai was saying, he eventually knocks you out and you have to run around and, and shoot him. Um, and you rinse repeat and until he dies. Fortunately, there's there's lovely metal barricades provided for you by Heisenberg. Thanks, Heisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, you have a cannon as well. Yes, you have a cannon. That's right. That you can blast in his face when he the cannon. The cannon takes like reload time. It's only about thirty seconds for it to fully redo its thing. I think you can use the chainsaw to like block some of his hits, right? Yeah, I used it on the circular saw um, to try and stop that. Um, but the rest of it was just, I just machine gunned the fuck out of him. And then when I when I got lifted up and you get lifted up and you're kind of, you're above him and he's looking up at you and then you can shoot him in the face with a cannon. Um, 
and that's what I used. I think when he picks you up, I think that's when you get thrown out of the out of the machine. Yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. I was really I mean, disappointed. Once again, fire, it, it's, it was it's, fun. Yeah, and it's but not like hard. I was saying, it's, a, it's it was glorified cutscene. Yeah, it's 100%. just it's it's I don't know. It's very annoying because like you you can tell the there was almost like I don't know if there was a miscommunication or if it was an oversight or what, but you can tell that they had to weave in some way to defeat this boss that they made way too powerful. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my biggest gripe with it. Um is because, you know, I mean the whole time we were saying, you know, how how are we gonna fight Heisenberg? Like like what are we gonna do? And you know what? We definitely did not think it was a tank. So <laughs> no, no, honestly, no, no part of me thought that uh us driving a tank with a chainsaw would I, be I our... honestly thought that we either he was going to get killed by mother miranda or somebody was going to transform into a lichen and kill him those were the two fins that i had in my head i was not expecting the fun machine um also chris makes no goddamn sense literally spent the entire game being like stay out of my way and then suddenly is like ah, okay there was one very this. cool reference you've just reminded me when you oh. talked about chris um as you're fighting heisenberg the factory blows up and Heisenberg makes comment, and he's like that boulder punching bastard. Does he reference... say boulder punching bastard? Yeah, That's amazing. In, re- in reference to Chris Redfield, which I don't know how that works. I don't know how Heisenberg knows that Chris Redfield was punching boulders. He's um, also played re re six. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he does make a reference. He says something about boulder punching bastard. Um. And and I yeah. didn't get that. That's awesome. That's yeah. funny. And that made me laugh. I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. It's still a shit boss fight, but cool. <laughs> it's a still a shit boss <laughs> fight, but hey, boulder punching bastard. That's funny. And then Miranda makes her entrance. Yep. Yeah, Mother Miranda's like, hey, thanks for killing all my children. Now it's time to kill you. And then she reveals that she's an old lady. Yes. yes well, she first because- shows up as Mia. Yes, Correct. that's right. Yes, yeah. she can shape shift. Apparently, that's that, and that's how we figure out that she's she also is, the old lady. She has lady. full control of all of her molecules. Yes, yes. she is. Um, she has. Uh, she she combined with the mechamalite. Megamalite. The The goop. The G- <laughs> there we go. We have we have uh, names for all of the characters and things in this game that aren't actually their their canon names. She she um she combined with the goop and it gave her the ability to change all of her molecules, which led right. her to be able to shapeshift. And she is also the creator of the mold, if I understand correctly. Correct. Yes. Well, and this is when we get all. Or at least a lot of some of the lore. I mean, it happens again a bit later too. But this is where they're like, "Hey, you know that story that you we forgot about? We're going to tell you it right now." Oh yeah, there's a big old lore dump. Um, Thanks for that. Do do one of you guys want to TLDR it? Because I feel like I've I feel like I've spoke a lot. Uh, Do you remember it? No. Well, I I I remember the one that's later, but I don't Um, remember what what Mother Miranda says here. So essentially, she she talks about in this section. Um, she talks about how 
she formed with the Mechamite and blah blah blah. And so her child goop. died. Yeah, the go the goop. Her child died a century ago. She lost her child to the Spanish flu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And after that, she found the goop. And since finding the goop, it's been her mission to bring her child back to life somehow. And so she created the village and she created the four lords. And from what I understand, the bakery incident was supposed to be some sort of experiment as to how she could get Evelyn back. Right. Yeah. That was in the underground layer where Mia is. That's where I thought too. I thought that was just when mother Miranda comes up. Maybe Does she lord up there or is it layer on? Either I way, it's I think it's, yeah. I think that's the stuff because then you also learn about her relationship with the guy who started Umbrella Corp and yeah, oh, yeah. correct, yeah, no, yeah, it's right, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so then the next bit starts with us playing as Chris Redfield. Hell yeah! Um, and this boy is an action hero. Like we, I don't know Wait. what gun he's got, but it, it freaks me. Even dies. Yeah, we we miss a big part. Mother Miranda rips out her heart. Yeah. yeah hold on. Oh shit! Yes, I thought I was yes. later on. No, uh, no, no, no. We, we die. Yeah, yeah. So Ethan is yelling at Mother Miranda, which is not a great plan because Mother Miranda, as we said, is a demigod. Um, and he's like, "You dumb tootly pooper!" And then Mother Miranda's like, "All right, I'm so fucking done with you." Uh, and then rips out her heart, just it is yes. beating. It's beating, and then she squeezes the heart over her face and eats our blood, and then throws it onto the ground, which is a hundred percent a Mortal Kombat fatality, by the way. So, 100%. isn't it also like a N- something that happens why? in the Mummy or something? Uh, it is Probably. the Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Uh, That's it, Kali yes. Mama, yeah. Kali uh, which is a. I mean, I love that movie as a kid, but it is so racist. Uh, which uh, I did not really realize until I have a very good Indian friend who was like, please don't watch that movie. I was like, I guess it's really, (laughs) yeah, he was like, "Uh, that's super insensitive. I was like, I guess that makes sense. You know, not all Indian people are ripping out fucking hearts and squeezing it into their mouth and shit. So anyway, that's fair. fair. Yeah. She, she straight up Kali Maz him. Yeah. And and we believe it's the end of Ethan. Yes. And now like Ben was saying, we are now in control of Chris Redfield, who, like you said, is a badass action hero and fucking one shots likens with, with a Christopher single bullet. Eugene Redfield. Yeah, he his, he is name. like it says here he has the dragoon rifle. Um it's a free shot burst rifle that yes. free the free shot burst will just kill or any lichen pretty much. Yeah, that's great. Um, and you have like 500 rounds of ammo is this, this guy is suited and booted you've got flashbands frag grenades a semi-auto pistol that i never used um really he's... i ran out of ammo so fast <laughs> did you really <laughs> oh yeah i was oh, playing God. this section and i'm pretty sure because like so you start by going through the uh like the hallway like well not hallways but like pathways of the village and then eventually you make it to this area where there's like a giant what do you what would goop. you call it like yeah goop yeah but basically Power. mother miranda has created goop roots yeah. that are encompassing the ceremony area and there's just waves of enemies like yeah it's the stronghold all over so again so many lichens but worse yeah it actually I, says I, in here. I ran out of ammo with him. Like, I, I love it because it actually says in here. It says a few a few groups of lichens will advance on you, but your weapons will make short work of them. Don't worry about the ammo count; you'll be fine. Yeah, 
Um, there are lots of, I mean, the whole time Chris is talking to his team and they're keeping track of everything and they set up places for us to restock. And you are essentially just making your way through the village to the goop route. Um, just decimating everything that comes in your path, basically. Yeah. Literally anything that moves, just blasting it away. Where were these guns earlier? Why couldn't I know, uh... right? Why couldn't Chris give us one? He's about, you know, oh, you should stay out of the way, but if you're not going to stay out of the way, at least take a fucking dragoon. Yeah. Um, this uh-huh. bit was actually quite hard. So you you get to a bit where once you've reached the goop routes, um, I'm sorry if I seem like I'm jumping ahead because you literally just move through the paths and no, shoot yeah, like it's, it's, it's literally just killing enemy after enemy after enemy moving through the village. Yeah, yeah, so we were killing endless waves of these enemies just over mm-hmm. and over again, and I eventually ran out of ammo, which was which was not a good was not a good time. I but unfortunately, they, uh, they there were some ammo drops so helpfully mm-hmm. highlighted with uh, green flares, which I was like, okay, sure. Whatever. I don't know how you run out of ammo because you get so much. You just trigger happy. You just shooting everything around. I was just I was shooting them in the knees. I was like, this is this is it. This is time. And then I used the the pistol when I ran out of that, and then I ran yeah. out of that, and then I used all my grenades, uh, and I was just I was just a I was a naked Chris Redfield, got He's no other boy. weapons. I really liked uh, Chris's uh, night vision as well. I thought oh, that was really that was, was really cool. Sick. That was like dope. this could have helped so much throughout the game. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it automatically gets put on, which is nice. Like as soon as right. you enter a dark room, he just puts it on and he takes it off. It's not like a toggle that you have to push or anything like that. Right. It's just like an automatic like goes on and then comes off. Yeah, you I think can the just flashlight was like that too, right? Yeah, yeah the flashlight but, was, yeah. But they the only illuminate like is, three foot. Yeah, like the night yes. vision is so nice. I understand. But, but yeah, uh, Chris just uh you're just busy being a badass Rambo. And then eventually you you work your way into the the heart of the beast. Yeah. You, you go into a like a tunnel? A hole? Hobble? Hovel? Is right? this is this the bit with a laser target? In? Yeah. Yes. Well, oh my well, god. No, no, you don't. You don't go in the hole first. You're still in the village, and in the middle of the village is the the house that is like being lifted up by the mold like tree things, and then you have to shoot the laser at it while That's like true. lichens are attacking you. At the point, yeah. this laser which shoots like these missiles at it. Yes. Yeah. You have to, um, and we should say like it charges as well. So mm-hmm. you, it's a laser pointer. Um, right. It's as an instant target. It's a hundred percent the uh, same mechanic of an airstrike in Warzone. So, uh, yes. 100%, 100%. 100%. Giant green laser pointed at your target. And then it has like a like a loading bar, but it's like a circle. Yeah. Kind of where the uh, reticle is will be like a blank bar. And then as you hold it, like white will slowly encompass the outsides of this reticle. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you just aim it at that and you hold it down and then it'll have like a, an airstrike that hits the... I think you have to do uh, it like house. three or four times on the house and then eventually... Yeah, a couple it, of times. Yeah, you do it again later too. Even more lichens that come and attack you. Yeah, as between. I say, you, you have to fight off armored lichens and arrow shooting lichens and mm. pain it's in not the a, it's, it's not... I mean, it is a good time, but at the same time, it, it goes a little long in my opinion. It does. It takes a little... A little too many hits to do but the part you're talking about is immediately after this is when you go into the cave system yeah you, you blow a hole in the big house and under yeah. it there's a giant hole now which yeah. which fortunately ammo and supplies fell into mm. good for mm-hmm. us and look at all now you have ammo to run out of again <laughs> exactly yeah. and you have to fight your eyes again yes. now he's old tentacle boy he's has a little bunch of worms coming out of his back okay yeah this part of the game I find completely unnecessary. 
Like ever everything is playing as Chris Redfield. Like, yeah, I get it. It's fan service. People are like, oh, we're playing as Chris. Oh my god. Oh, he had so many weapons. We're like, come on. Like Ethan's dead. I'm emotionally exhausted. <laughs> like, I just I just want to get to the end. I feel like this is mile 25 of a marathon. I'm just like, god damn. Yeah. And now we're just like, what, blasting through? And now we have another mini boss fight, which is just like, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, grant granted, the it seemed like you did the Urias, this is Urias boss fight pretty quickly too. Like it wasn't relatively difficult. You're yeah, kind of right. just dodging his hits and you're hitting with the same laser pointer that you were at the house. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make any goddamn sense because I'm pretty sure if whatever missile you shot at the house fell into the hole in which you're finding Urias, you would also die. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Chris yeah. Redfield's How also did you find this, Ben? You, uh... Uh, I mean, the Urias fight, it was just kind of... Uh, it felt like an unnecessary obstacle like yeah. you're making your way through and he's just there and i was kind of like oh fuck's sake okay let me get this over with mm-hmm. you know i did it first time it wasn't yeah. particularly hard because i mean it's the same as urias essentially he has this time he has like a big morning star mace looking thing it's like a giant ball right. with spikes on it i would say um, it's not hard enough to be interesting but it's not easy enough to be convenient yeah no exactly. it's that awkward it's an awkward like it's, like it's probably like seven to ten minutes of grind because it's not like there's no mechanics that shift it's just shooting mm-hmm. him getting behind him pointing the laser at him stunning him pointing the laser at him at least like five or six times and like that's it and well, then, yeah, yeah. that's that's the big thing isn't it is because you can't shoot him from the front no nope. you have to shoot yeah. the tentacles at the back and get him his little weak his little weak worm bits I just use flashbangs because it stuns him for long enough where you can hold the the laser on him for the duration mm. you need to to get the the missiles at him. Oh, see, I wasn't clever. I just pointed the laser at him and tried to shimmy around in first person. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, excuse, pardon, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me. Avoid, avoid. Um, but you do get a giant crystal mace. Yeah. What else? What else? Another sellable item that we. What else are need. you buying at this point? Nothing. I, I mean, dead. especially as Chris Redfield, nothing. Right. You have limited resources with your army as could risk Chris Redfield. Maybe carries in the new game plus. I don't know. I mean, I don't think after Ethan dies, there's ever an opportunity where we even see the Duke again. No, I don't believe you see the Duke. You do see the Duke, um, yeah. But you don't get the Duke. No, you can. You can. Oh, you can. can You You can buy stuff off of the Duke before the Mother Miranda fight, but you don't have the giant crystal mace because you're not Chris. Because you're not Chris, yeah. I see, I see. Uh, but after you beat Urias, you come face to face with the Mega Megam say the goop hot, the goop, the goop, the goop. Um, and this is where I, I got myself mixed up a little bit because right. this is the law dump of uh, Mother Miranda's history and how she lost her daughter to Spanish right, flu. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Chris Redfield goop, puts like this little bomb on the on the uh, Megam the, the goop to eventually destroy the entire village uh, and as he continues into this cave he finds this little kind of i guess you can call it like a lab almost mm-hmm. yeah. uh mother miranda's lab, lab and trapped down slash here jail is mia yes. yes she's alive yeah she was never which, dead which like i don't really care like honestly yeah. mia is such an uninteresting character also she I mean, has like reptilian features like you know let's just say like, i don't trust this i would have loved they did confirm it because like at chris you see her and chris calls to his team and he's like where's mother miranda and he's like oh she's still in this house with all the goop around right so chris is like okay this must be the real mia then um 
So, yeah, and now you kind of put two and two together and you realise that Mother Miranda impersonated Mia yeah. in, a, in an attempt to kidnap Rose to bring back her child that she, yeah. she had lost. And that's why she survived getting shot nine million Because it wasn't times. her. It was, it, was Mother, it was Mother Miranda. It was Miranda. Yeah. Uh, and, and how she escaped a personal carrier. Mm. Correct. Because it wasn't her it, at all. What was interesting, though, is that she, she didn't... So she got shot, and they very specifically said that she imitated a corpse. Because she can right. shapeshift, right? So they said that she shapeshifted into a corpse so that she appeared dead. And then... When she got into the people carrier after they got close to the village, she transformed Buck back into Mavel Miranda and basically ripped the fucking back of the transport van off and mm-hmm. escaped with Rose. Yep. Why wouldn't you just like transform into something like dope, like a dragon, like a silverback gorilla? I mean, <laughs> unless I'm unless I'm like remembering Finn's Ron, don't we just kill Mother Miranda by shooting her a lot? Yep. Because Rose, the, the process of creating Rose, which is theoretically to her, her daughter, made her lose her powers. Made her lose her powers. They put that in there. They put it's a very, it's a very oh, subtle line. But she goes, I my, my powers. Yeah. She starts. She starts. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but she starts bleeding from her eyes and everything. Which yeah. I guess the creation. I that side. Yeah. Yeah. The creation of Rose or or her daughter or whatever made her vulnerable to her bullets. Theoretically, okay. Evelyn. Okay. Theoretically, Evelyn. But yes, so we we found Mia. Uh, we break the news to Mia that Ethan is dead, and Mia's like, "Oh no, 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 no! Ethan is a special boy. He's yeah. a special lad. He can't die. <laughs> he cannot die." And then we wake mm-hmm. up as well. Mia uh, doesn't say it, does she? Actually, she says he's it, special. She says she says he's special, and then it ends. Right. Yeah, she said his body uh, special, and then we wake up as Ethan in this purgatory dream I guess? world kind of place. Um, and if I remember correctly, Evelyn's there. Correct, Evelyn is in there, and she's the one that dumps all this lore onto us, which she tells us, "Hey, Sixth Sense ending. Spoilers: We've been dead the whole time. We died at in in Seven when we first met the Baker family. Yeah, the which dad I mean, basically beat Ethan to death, and yep. then the yep. mold overtook him." And from what I understood, he's a moldy boy. It's yeah, he's a moldy boy. And it's also, it seemed as if, like, what was it that kept him alive? Like, why did he come back? Why did the mold take him over? Well, because Mother Mar- it's the same thing with the other. Uh, yes, with the other with the children. Other four. Yeah, with the other four. Ethan became one of her children. Theoretically, uh, he was part of the Myanthropocene or whatever the thing is called. Megamasite. Uh, Megamasite. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and his power, unlike the others, was that he is immortal. Theoretically, yeah. well, he, he can, can regenerate. Too, he can regenerate. I don't know why his, his hand doesn't? But yeah. yeah, he can regenerate. Right. So instead okay. of being able to control metal or look like. A cup of milk that was left out in eighty degrees heat. <laughs> uh, or a big tall, or a big tall mommy. Yeah, or being a big tall mommy. Uh, that was his power. Okay, which, right. which really sucks because okay, all of the other children got to turn into super forms, right? Like there was like their their normal. I mean, form. Lady D was a dragon, right? Okay, what, why didn't we get to see that with Ethan? Why wasn't that our boss fight? Why didn't we get to fight Mother Miranda as like a like a giant, you know, silverback gorilla? <laughs> sure. Yes. I mean, we did. Did we talk about how his hands don't go back when the lichen bites it? That's what we were just saying. That he has the regenerative power, but except when the lichens bit him, he didn't have that power. And maybe it's if you're 
Well, I don't know, because Mother Miranda cut off his hand. Power? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? From, from what I can remember, and, and if someone's listening to this and they understand the lore of the game, I'll look it up after recording, but I I don't understand a reason as to why his hands didn't, like, why his fingers didn't grow back. I mean, the only thing I can think of is kind of what your theory was, Ben, is when Lady D cut off his arm, he still had his arm, and he put his arm onto his the, the severed part, and he poured the goo over it, and it was attached. didn't have his heart. Yeah, you're right. What I'm telling you, it's because the the things whatever the lichens are made of the same material as him the only thing that oh, can kill him the is himself yeah. but you would yeah. think that lady d is also made out of that material so cutting off the arm wouldn't make the arm grow back either no because she didn't it's not like she bit it off no she, she just cut, cut it with it. the metal didn't she her metal I guess, claws fair. I guess that's fair yeah and yeah, maybe that's what it is if you're hit or attacked with anything from the megamasite then it negates the effects or of your maybe powers. maybe that's maybe that's the power of the lichens is that they're their bite, they're, yeah, their bite mitigates they're the powers of the. They, of they're the, the only ones that can kill things that are made of megasite. Megasite makes sense. Maybe, yeah, and that's Goop. that's why they used them as like a little army. Yeah, well, if you again, you guys listening, if you understand this lore better, please inform us because we are confused. <laughs> yeah, we should also say like the the megamasite apparently has the ability to remember everyone who has died. Which is how Mother Miranda is going to bring back her child because the Megamasite can uh, basically resuscitate her and bring her back to life and, yeah. and recreate her. Sure. Which is what it did to Ethan, I'm guessing. When Ethan yeah. died, it yeah. recreated Ethan. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. That's so that was just, that was the big lore dump. Is Ethan's so yeah actually dead and he died in the last game and they talk about you know i think it's either files here or it is in this lore dump but um mother miranda was doing experiments on this mold and had sent it over and the, the baker family i think was one of the first experiments or something like that or the baker family was one they, of the first they were people. the first experiment correct uh if i remember correctly there is one family member in the baker family that isn't infected by the mold i think he's the guy that does like the weird jigsaw traps but he's yeah, like a normal lucas. dude lucas yeah he's not actually he, infected by the mold he's just crazy he's, he's not just actually crazy. affected by it yeah which is it's just crazy um yeah and uh, we come back to life <laughs> yeah and the duke finds us we wake up yeah, in we wake up in his wagon Duke's wagon and um I just love there's a scene in here where Ethan's like like who or what are you and he's just like well I can't really tell you that and then just eh, that's it we we learn nothing more about the yeah. Duke yeah they're like we, we don't want to we don't have to write backstory for this guy right no no no, no. we okay. learn nothing about the Duke throughout the entirety of this game why and he why he's helping us why does he have a cart how can you upgrade weapons and why is he buying things that should have no value like pieces of human beings that have been crystallized. Okay, so sorry, before, before we jump into the Mother Miranda fight, um, so basically the way that Mother Miranda created each of the lords is that oh, she infected them. She infected them with a parasitic kadoo. So the kadoo is a parasite, right? Which helps her to then implant implant mold into other vessels. So it's basically mm. how she spreads it. The Kadu had a different effect on each lord, granting them various powers. And it talks about how she knew Oswell Spencer, who was one of the founding members yes. of, of Umbrella. Umbrella, yeah. Um, and basically, she 
her research into creating people and changing them is what inspired Spencer to do everything that happened in the Spencer mansion and umbrella and all of that stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm just looking through this bit where it talks about Ethan. So it says Ethan begins, Ethan dies at the beginning of the final act of village and players abruptly switch to Chris Redfield. Uh, Mia reveals there's something special. It turns out he's special because he's not alive and hasn't been for the better part of three years. He was actually killed by Jack by Jack Baker. Since then, Ethan's body has been puppeted by the mold, connecting him to it in ways he never asked for. Uh, and that's literally it. All it says. So I'm cool. assuming. I'm assuming that. I, the, the thing I'm not understanding is why the mold needed to take over Ethan. Like, is it just Mother Miranda wanted another vessel, or did she right. know that she needed Ethan to get well, her daughter back? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we talked. You talked about how the the Kadu were the ones that spread the mold. I mean, it could have easily been that you know the Baker family were versions of this, and they just spread the mold onto Ethan when they when he died. It's just purely chance. Unintentionally, okay. when he died, the mold just encapsulated his body. Unfortunately, I think we could pontificate on this. <laughs> there is no information. Which gets to the main issue of this game is that th- th- there is no answer. There, you'll never find an answer. It's a very loose plot in terms of why Ethan is a moldy boy and whether that was intentional <laughs> on Mother Miranda's part or if it was just pure yeah. luck. Or it seemed planned because she seemed to know that she needed Rose. But then, why did she need Rose? Because she was, she was a child similar to her own so yeah because basically if you think about it right so mia is a human and ethan is a moldy oh and they had a moldy baby together they had a moldy baby together so maybe she used ethan to create a baby who had who was born with the mega messiah and who had the mold power inside of her and then she could use utilize that power sacrifice that child to bring back her child she needed a creation of a human and a mold together, and Ethan was such a normal person, c- controlled by the mold, that it worked out. No one's gonna marry fucking Murdo or to have sex with him. That guy's fucking exactly. gross. I mean, that, no. that I think that's as close to an explanation as we're gonna get. Sure. Eisenberg was a hottie with a body. All right, that's you're right. You're right. Eisenberg, Eisenberg could get it. To be fair, I would I would have married also Lady D or Eisenberg. Exactly, <laughs> Lady D. True. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sure she had loads of suitors. Like that's you know. some people are into dolls. You know. That's true. If loonies Ouch. exist, then yeah, there you go. Uh, but yes, after we exit the Duke's uh, cart, we there's a little a bit of ammo here. We walk up a set of stairs. There's a bunch of like grabby tree molds around us, uh, and that's when the cutscene at the very end, which Kai was talking about, where Mother Miranda is trying to revitalize her dead daughter, and then she's like, "My powers, my power," and then you shoot her, and she dies. No, you shoot her. That is, um, you shoot. You shoot her. You shoot her a lot. I'm just saying the extent of like. She also turns into a weird like like spider crab angel, and then a crab. Yeah. So you you basically you fight your way through the goop roots. Yeah. And you see her in there, and she's like, "You've come to stop me. It's too late." Blah blah blah. Um. And she has three forms. So she has a normal yeah. form where she's like a demigod. Hmm. She, has she like a flies up with... on ledges and stuff like that. And you can shoot yeah, her down she, from the ledges. She has a form with wings where she comes like a bird that we've kind of seen in all of the imagery in the, in the village. And then she has this weird crab form that Kai was talking about where she has these giant spindly legs. 
um, and you essentially just fight her in her different forms. Um, yeah. There is one part where she blacks everything out and it becomes mm, very it's dark. Like dark. Yeah, it's like pitch black in there. Yeah, and you can hear her laughing and um, you basically have to watch, you have to listen to where the laughing's coming from to see where she's coming from. Um, and she'll swipe at you three times and you can kind of avoid it a little bit. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, um, no swiping. The oh other thing God. that was kind of anti- like anticlimactic for me is that she has this fin where she like erupts trees from the ground yeah. and then she creates this giant ball of like emulsion or something. I, th- I think it's mold roots. Right? It, yeah, it's mold roots, yeah. Um, mm. and I mean, they giant... do look like they do look like trees. I'm not disagreeing. I just am trying no, to yeah, no, it to her power <laughs> Yeah, mold roots makes more sense. It's like giant mold tendrils. It's like the stuff that was holding the the tower. And... Yeah, the house that was up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And kind of like when she's walking around after battling Heisenberg, she makes like these trees and then uses them very dramatically to like change form as she walks past them. So yeah. whatever that and stuff is, goop. You can you can hide behind them and um, you basically. You can hide behind a tree and she does this giant ball of like bright yellow liquid that looks like the emulsion from Gears 3. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it covers the area, but if you're standing behind the tree, it doesn't hit you. Yeah, as long as you stand behind those trees, you gave cover. Yeah, unintentionally. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I think, I, I feel like we'd, might be people might think we're doing it injustice, but like there really isn't that, much to That's the, boss the extent fight. of it. You just you you shoot shoot bang bang pow pow, and then she she dies. Mm-hmm. You'll get to you'll get to a point in the end where she kind of like pins you down, and then you have like a quick time event where you're just pressing the right trigger and either shooting or doing whatever you know weapon you have, and you're really, kind of hitting really her and doing the last blow. The quick time events they do love them. Yeah, yeah, where it's like yeah, even with Heisenberg, there's times where you have to like fall into the weird tank thing and shoot him while you're falling and there's obviously yeah. the fan is the same thing where it's like yeah oh. it was a gimmicky at first and now it's just annoying where it's like yeah it's expected <laughs> that this is gonna happen yeah but overall i mean yeah the the boss fight is nothing nothing to write home about it and saying. then yeah she turns into dust and then everything turns into dust well it was interesting too because she turns into dust and Rose is safe, but as Ethan picks up Rose, his right arm also starts turning into the, that same dust. Which doesn't Correct. make a bit of goddamn sense. It, I, I will defend that. I think it does make sense. Because well, we kind of destroy the source of but the... But the Megamasite isn't destroyed yet. No, but Miranda, I mean, Mother Miranda created us. Yeah, so you think of it like this. So you've got the Megamasite as its own fin, right? Yeah. Miranda is connected to it because she absorbed it. All of the fins that she created, she created us. She created the roots around the tree that were like the house that we're in. All of that stuff. So it's like, you know how like, this is so strange to connect it to, but like in like vampire lore, if you kill the head vampire, all of the other vampires die. Yeah. So it's a similar fin. Like we have killed her. So all of the fins that she created with her mecha megamasite will also cease to exist because it's like a connection. We've severed that connection, so now it's gone. Mm-hmm. So I mean it makes sense. It still kind of feels like a bit of a shitty way to to bring 
even story to an end. Yeah. Given everything that happened over the course of two games. Well, I mean, theoretically, his story has not come to an end yet, but... It will. Yeah, very soon. Um, before we move to that, how is how is Rose safe? <laughs> also, when we say that Rose appears literally in the base of the stump, which was Mother Miranda. Yeah, she, she creeps <laughs> into a pile of powder and Rose is just there. Yeah, she's just she's chilling. Which I don't... Rose was in the jars. <sighs> like, what, what was she? Yeah, we had the jars. I'm so confused. I'm not saying it makes any sense. Was was Mother Miranda creating Rose inside of her? Mother Miranda went about making a baby the most complicated way, which is having the baby the normal way, separating that baby into quarters like a chicken, <laughs> reconstituting that baby with magic, and then being like, this is the same baby. Because it did not look any different. Also, Rose is an ugly ass baby like oh, poor when, Rose. No, fuck that when he goes and picks her up out of that pile that is a fat thumb ass baby that baby's gonna be just a like, cop one day you just want to put her back down and be like yeah actually yeah no, butterball <laughs> turkey over here and just like, tell oh, me as she died <laughs> also just tell thank, me as she died <laughs> thank god we didn't shoot it or blow it up in the process because that would have been awkward just yeah, like, i mean surely surely it but this is what makes no sense. If Mother Miranda created everything and everything that Mother Miranda created died when she died, why is Rose alive if she recreated Rose? And why are but, we alive for so long? But technically, you know, she, I guess she recreated, yeah, you're right. I was going to say, she, technically she didn't create Rose. We created Rose. She no, because she, Rose. she, she, she killed, from our understanding, she killed Rose, put her into four jars. And then we brought the jars together and she used the power of Rose's corpse to friendship. bring back her daughter to life. Yeah, the power of friendship. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be serving a lovely cone feed rose uh, stored in jars of duck fat, uh, served alongside. She, the, the child, the child that she created, and we have now picked up, should in theory be her child, Evelyn, and not be Rose. Maybe it's a weird combination of both because she didn't get to like finish or whatever. But I mean, like... the assumption, I mean, we'll get to it. The assumption is she has superpowers. But let's first, before we uh, start guessing on what this child is, Chris Redfield then comes in action hero style. He's like, Ethan, we got to go. The place is going to blow. And he's like, you know, Ethan's got his stone hand and whatnot. Stone hand. Stumbling along. Chris does the, the classic arm over the shoulder carry. Uh, yeah. And it's like, come on, we got to get to the chopper. And then, uh, yeah. And then Ethan's like, no, I'll stay take, behind. Take care of her. Watch over her. And then he grabs the uh, the switch like thing for the, the bomb the, from, yeah, from the uh, detonator. Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and conveniently, then somehow the giant mold uh, roots make a barricade between them and chris is just like all right deuces and starts running well, away we, we, he also he does the old switcheroo the root starts to come up and as the root comes he up he pushes him and but he, as he pushed him he took the detonator yeah yeah and gave him rose so chris now has rose and ethan has the detonator yeah he kind of Which pushed like, him out of what the a way dangerous situation to give the guy with no working hands uh who's also turning into dust the only thing that is going to kill the evil 
heart of darkness which is existing in this town like, oh could you imagine that plot twist like the ethan dies and can't actually blow up the mega messiah yeah that's not that's not, but, that's um, not a good time that's not what happens chris makes nope. it back to the chopper and um me is like oh my god rose 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 and chris is like get this shit chris has the social skills of like like a four-year-old Mm-hmm. Like, like he literally after they set off and the whole time Mia's like oh where's Ethan where's my husband where's my husband and he's just like your husband's dead yeah, I couldn't <laughs> he's like I couldn't save him literally everything in this game could have been avoided if Chris just a explained things quickly uh because all of this could have been avoided if he would have just talked to Ethan at the beginning about what's going on but instead he's just like it's above your pay grade bub and then doesn't say anything and then eventually is like all right I'll include you cuz you know why not it's a game. And then he dies. Uh, and then he dies. And it's like, oh. And he blows up. And we're and we're and, we're, and that's and then and then Mia's like, oh no. Yeah. So I mean, just to just to summarize, because I feel like we kind of talked a lot. Uh Ethan Ethan has died. He's mm-hmm. dead for real. He is turned into dust, question mark. Um he has given Rose to Chris. And Correct. now Chris and Mia have made off in the chopper, and Ethan does in fact blow up the bomb that is attached to the Megamasite goop. Which blows um, up the village. Which blows yep. up the entire village, and it does something that happens in Resi 3 as well, because at the end of Resi 3 they nuke Raccoon City, and as Jill is flying off in the helicopter, the helicopter rumbles from the shockwaves of the nuke. Um, mm. And this also happens. There's like a little bit of turbulence from the explosion of the village. Yeah. And uh, that's the credits end. Credits roll. Credits roll. Then uh, after credit scene. <gasps> Some Marvel. Been watching movie? too much happening? Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it might as well be. This is dramatic as a Marvel movie ending. Uh, it, it's a girl. It's a girl on a bus. Yeah. Uh, who we do not know who it is. She's got a blonde girl. She's. I, I thought her hair was white. We'll go very no, no, blonde. She's girl. Platinum. platinum. We'll go platinum blonde. She yeah. has she has strangely uh, Asian features, <laughs> which I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I was like, I didn't know. Mm, I didn't notice that either. You look like a Final Fantasy character. What the fuck is happening here? And then she's Perfect. watching uh, a memory of which we don't really. It's so confusing to me. Maybe I'm just dumb. But uh, a person, we, we clearly have no concept of who it is. And then all of a sudden we are looking over to the other side of the bus and there is Mia and who we assume is Rose, who's older, maybe like seven or eight, sitting on the bus uh, reading the, the same book uh, that they were reading at the beginning. And mm-hmm. then this weird blonde girl is just watching them interact. And she's like, <laughs> and then doesn't say anything and then walks off the bus. And I'm like, She's in, now she's in a graveyard and she I will say she does look like mia like yeah. like there's definitely she a does, resemblance yeah. but because we've never seen what ethan looks like like <laughs> that's true yeah like, it's just mia <laughs> like, like we have you have your father's eyes <laughs> you have your father's eyes uh she is then in a cemetery because because of, of course yeah. she is um and then at, at a cemetery there's a gravestone uh, that Ethan says Winters. that says Ethan Winters, and it has like the most generic ass like subtitle. Was a man, yeah. He, he was <laughs> he was a guy. He was a father, uh, and it was like something like he cared more about his family than his own life. I'm like, that's dark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, also, Jeez. there's no body there. He's just dust. Like he nuked himself. So like, yeah, that's just a headstone. Literally just a headstone. Yeah, you know, you know, to each their own. 
Uh, and she throws down some flowers and she's like, I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. Happy birthday, dad. And we're like, oh. She says something about like, like oh, my studies are getting like ahead of me or something like that. Yeah. Like so we're like, oh, she's in, she's in, she's in college probably. Yeah. You know, she's studying to be. No, a, she's being homeschooled by fucking Chris Redfield. She's not going to school. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then, you know, puts the flowers down, says goodbye to her, her papa. Uh, and then so even though she... She took the bus here. Suddenly, secret agent uh, Snoopadoop is has arrived <laughs> in a fucking SUV, and he's like, "We need you," <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Wow. Okay, everyone just has fucking Ethan Winter voice. This <laughs> right. Chris Redfield They're all too. just like they all just have fucking Chad FBI agent voice, and they're like, and he's like, "Hey, Evelyn," and she's like, "Don't ever say that, Dad," and throws him against the SUV, and he just is like, "It was a joke." Whoa. She says, she says something like, like, oh, I can do things that even Chris doesn't know about. And yeah. alluding that she has some kind of superpowers as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which would make sense because she's a mold baby, but it doesn't make sense because she should be fucking dead. If yeah, she should be dead. Uh, and then she gets in the car and she's an angsty teenager, I guess, even though she's in college, I assume. And she's like... <sighs> the guy's like you're just like your father and she's like i know if you found out your dad was a moldy boy and he killed himself (laughs) and you was also birthed from a moldy demigod like i feel like he'd be a bit angsty also okay also she never met her dad so she's like i know like what what do you fucking know you don't know shit like i'm assuming people tell her all the time yeah Yeah. but then again how would they tell her because Ethan never really fucking interacted with Chris Redfield and his team or the no. BSSA. I mean, or like- and even even in that sense, like after seven, they were like sent out to be like in like a safe location by Chris Redfield and his team. They're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to put you in like protective services so you can't get hurt or anything like that. So they were like in the middle of nowhere. And then we sit through the longest driveaway cutscene I've ever seen. And at a certain point, I don't even believe the car is getting farther away. They just animated I, the tree and the car dude, sits there. I'm pretty sure. So the, the car drives up this road and it is getting to like the crest of the horizon. I swear the car stops. It must. I stop, I'm not even joking. I swear the car stops and there's like a figure <laughs> off to the side of the screen. Well, that's what I thought. I saw the figure and I was like, oh, something's, it's, something's going to happen. It's back, he's back, baby. He's back. I mean, he regenerates. What happens if it's like a, it's like a Deadpool thing where even though he like yeah. he rises from his own ashes and shit, like he's just like he's immortal and he's protecting his daughter by uh, Resident know? Evil 9. You play as Rose and Ethan's going to be a boss. They're a no, no, they're a hundred thousand percent going to steal Last of Us. It's going to be Ethan and Evelyn together or Ethan and Rose together. And they have to navigate world. post-apocalyptic world together where they're like two mold creatures fighting other like evil to save the planet <gasps> they're a moldy family it's actually a court case where ethan is trying to get shared custody of Evelyn, <laughs> and the judge is a like you're boy. not even a person <laughs> yeah. you're a because he's a moldy boy and he doesn't <laughs> have a birth certificate and no proof of id <laughs> you're just a moldy boy you died in 2013 how do you explain that <laughs> this is this is before this is before moldy boys had yeah equal rights so you know Oh, okay. And that's, right. and that's the and that's the game. That's it. Yep. So that's many Resident questions. Evil Resident Evil Village. Village. Yeah. Uh, like it's. Uh, can I go first? Oh, <laughs> yeah, please. You go please first. Do. I'll go after you, and then we'll end with Kai here. Like, I have so many questions, and they'll never be answered. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it gave us a lore dump, and it answered some questions, and didn't 
just raise more. Yeah. Like, genuinely, and I, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not memeing, I'm not trying to be funny, like, Rose or Evelyn, whoever she is, should be dead. If she was created by Mother Miranda, and all of the things that Mother Miranda created died when she died, she should be dead. Unless, like, all unless Mother Miranda put her power into Rose, and that's why she lost her power. Because she formed Rose inside of her. And now maybe and Rose is like the new carrier of the yeah, but then like Rose died, would yeah. have to die for all the things that Miranda created to die. That's the problem. Oh, that is a big loophole. Uh, mm. Yeah. Okay. In all seriousness, um, I I enjoyed the game. I did. Mm-hmm. From, from a purely gameplay point, game point of view, it is a good game. Um, certain parts of it are spooky certain parts of it are tense and sort of scary you know when you're being chased by the lichens for the first time in the village when you first meet uh lady d in the castle when she comes ducking through that doorway in her bedroom house benevito um you you know the game does have its highlights that being said the story makes no fucking sense um there are so many loopholes there are so many unanswered questions and part of me would assume that that is deliberate for the dlc they're doing and for whenever they do do resi 9 um but i wouldn't say that it's left me wanting more and wanting to know what happened i'm not eager to learn the rest of the story I'm just frustrated because I'm just I don't tired. know the end. <laughs> yeah. um, would I recommend it? Um, do you know what? I, I feel like I would recommend it. I feel like I would. Um, mm. I, I'd recommend it with the asterisks of don't expect, don't go in it for the plot. Yeah, you know, go, go in it for the for the tense atmosphere and you know for the for the spookiness and um, yeah. there's only a little bit of spookiness but it, it is a tense time and it is a good time um don't take it too seriously and don't play it for the plot yeah that's what i'd say <clears throat> um yeah i think that the point you just said ben of not taking the game too seriously is probably key uh i agree i enjoyed the time i spent with the resident evil village like the gameplay was fun you know i if you're looking for something that's just kind of mindless shooting yeah it, it kind of scratches that itch i mean is does it have the best gunplay of any game i've ever played no not necessarily but i think that the environment and the setting and even some of like the creatures are interesting enough to if you are just looking for something that is mindless fun, you want to shoot some werewolves and you want to shoot some weird kind of creatures, then yeah, I think that this game scratches that itch. Uh, unfortunately, it does a thing where it, it, it in the beginning kind of hooks you and kind of interests you in this lore. You're like, oh my gosh, what's happening with this family? What's happening with these four lords and everything like that? But then throughout the game kind of just strings you along until the end where it dumps all this lore on you. And like Ben said, sure, answers a couple questions, but also creates a thousand more that aren't going to be answered and you're just like what the what's happening i don't understand mm-hmm. uh so 
yeah, I, I wouldn't go into this expecting some kind of grand uh, narrative experience that's going to change you afterward because it's, it's definitely not going to. Um, yeah, I, I think that I would it would have been cool to see more suspenseful moments. I mean, we got obviously the uh, House Benevito was the pinnacle of that kind of feeling. And I got a little bit of it in um, the factory with just, you know, the big soul daddies coming up when you don't expect them. Like, that's kind of fun. I, I like those experiences, but it would have been cool to see more of that, um, which I think we got a little bit of more in seven because seven's a little less actiony and more kind of, you know, going through this environmental world and, and getting spooked by goop monsters. Um, would I recommend this? I think so. I think, yeah, I think that you should experience Resident Evil Village. It's wild to me that people play through this multiple times. I think in that sense, it's because, you know, they do it for the gameplay and the gunplay and, and crack up the difficulty and try to, I'm pretty sure this game has a new game plus mode. I'm not a hundred percent sure. It does. Um, yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So the people go back in like, Oh, hard difficulty, keep all your weapons, go through and just shoot things. And I think that's what this game's good for. It's good for that mindless shooting and that mindless fun. Uh, so yeah, if you're into that, then I would definitely recommend playing uh resident evil village outside of that. Doesn't have a good story. It's very confusing. It doesn't make goddamn sense. Hmm. I would say just to tack on before Kai gives his fin, uh, it does have new game plus. You get to keep weapons, ammo, treasure, and money. Yeah. And you can also get cheats such as infinite ammo. Infinite so, ammo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes the experience a little easier and you don't have to worry about, you know, resource management, which I can really focus on the story. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> no, you focus on shooting fucking lichens. The last thing I would say is that um, I know they started it in seven. But whoever spearheaded the decision to make this a first-person game needs a fucking award. Oh, yeah. I think that the idea and decision to go first-person, really, um, it works really well. It, Yeah. I, I would like to... I'd like to see more third-person Resi games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, I, think there's, I think there's room for both. Yeah, but I definitely... Don't, don't, don't knock the first-person on the head. Not that Capcom's yeah. ever going to fucking hear this, but, you know, like... <laughs> they listen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the first person changed it a lot. This game would have yeah. been a lot less tense, and the especially at the house Benevito and the factory and stuff, like being in the dark with just a flashlight, being able to see free foot in front of you in first person is a completely mm. different experience to doing right. that in third person. 100%. Kai, take us home. Yeah. Uh, I agree with most of the points that you both have made um this game to me feels more like six demos put together less than one cohesive game like it's almost like they they took six different people and they were like okay you get to make whatever you wanted to see in a resi game and then they just stitched them together somehow yeah there was no and, group slack or trello hundred percent. it was like we're you know okay they sat in a room and they're like okay what what do we want to do and they're like giant sea monster and they're like all right great we're gonna write that down and they're like all right what else and they're like oh i want to take the the demo from fucking i don't remember what it's called pt uh, yeah pt and i want to make that a part of the game and they're like oh that'll be cool all right we'll write that down and they're like what else and they're like i want to put titties and they're like well yeah okay what else? <laughs> of course we're putting titties in and they're like big titties and they're like all right we can work with that and they wrote that down and then they just like kind of shoehorned it Squished. all in 
right? Yeah. And like, I really liked Seven, which probably yeah. affects how I view this game. Seven had a very interesting story. It was well told in the way that they gave you information. It was very even. Whereas in this game, 90% of your information you're given about the story happens in the last hour and a half. Which yeah. is like, why? You could have spread so much of that story. We could have, as Ethan in the house slowly found pieces of the reveal that we find when we're Chris in that basement. That would have made it so much more interesting and it would have filled us in on why we're doing what we're doing. And and I think especially playing through seven, the main drive of the story is you're finding Mia, right? And like, okay, that, that's good. Like, that's fine. And built around that is obviously everything that's going on with the world and like the mold stuff and kind of figuring out that it's a little more supernatural than it is just scary. But this is just finding Mia and Rose again. Like, you didn't do anything. You just changed the setting and then did less work on the actual narrative and used the same plot, which is is not is not good. It's not a good way. Like, and that's that's my issue with this. At the end of the day, I don't know who this is for, because it's as you said, yes, it has OK shooting mechanics. They're not the best shooting mechanics by any means. There's many games that have better like, you know, I want to kill a bunch of enemies. It's not necessarily yeah. a great Resident Evil game. Uh, there's better Resident Evil games, and it's not necessarily a good story. So, like, if I was going to recommend this, like, I would just be like, no, play 7 instead. Like, 7 is a better Resident Evil game. You will have a better experience, and it's still that first-person experience. So if you want that, like, just play 7. I don't know who 8 is for. Like, 8 is only for people who played 7 and want a little bit more of it with the understanding that it's not going to have the same impact as far as narrative goes with 8. I do think there's a lot of quality yeah. of life things they added compared to seven. I like, uh, you know, Duke as a character. I think he's very interesting. I don't think they did enough with Duke or giving us enough information since he is one of the only other characters in this game we interact with. And that's the other thing in seven. There are so many more characters we get introduced to throughout the game, but this is all like, here are the four Lords. Here's mother Miranda here's some people in the village that you're going to see once and then they all die and here's Duke. And those are all of the characters, excluding obviously Chris and the traditional characters in Resident Evil games. But like, like that's it. And then the rest of the game is just played as Ethan by yourself, kind of just trying to figure stuff out. And we stopped and read a lot of the stuff uh, that you can, like a lot of the collectibles and, and kind of reading the notes and trying to piece the story together. But like, if you didn't do that, you would have no idea what's happening. Like, absolutely none. I think there maybe is five cutscenes in this entire game that are, like, yeah. actual core story cutscenes and trying to put that together. And even, like, tur- like moment after moment, it's just disappointing because in the moments you don't want it to hold your hand, it just is, like, ha- full hand-holding. And in the moments where you need some guidance, there's just none. It's like the Duke will tell you exactly where every single person you need to find is and where all the treasures are. And you're like, okay, well, what's the point? I want to search for that stuff. Like, it wouldn't have been that hard to find all four of the different, you know, bosses without Duke putting them on a map. But then all of a sudden when you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Like, with any of the story stuff, like, why is my hand suddenly grown back on? And why are, who is Mother Miranda? And what is all this stuff? Like, there's no information until you start playing as Chris and filling in all that information. And so there's no balance. There's no way any of this connects and it's just it's very disappointing at the end of the day and so once again i think the only people who 
would enjoy this game are probably the people who played seven and want a little bit more, as I said, who want a little bit more in the world, who are interested in Ethan Winter's story and Mia and even enjoyed the Resident Evil games and want to like learn more about Chris. Um, but that's it. Like if, if you haven't played seven, play seven, it's better. And then make a decision if you want to play eight. Don't play this game if you want a shooter because there's better shooters. Don't play this game if you want a horror game. There's better horror games. Go play Outlast, which is, I mean, the best part of this game is really just an Outlast clone, if we're being honest, the, the PT yeah. section of this game, yeah. which is by far, it, at least in my opinion, the most interesting part of this game. Like, you can get that. There are other horror games that do horror much better than this Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. And even the Resident Evil lore isn't really there. Like, like, Resident Evil has a ton of interesting stuff that they could play with. But they really only connected it to seven and kind of the Umbrella Corp thing, but didn't really. Like, like they were just like, Mother Miranda knows Umbrella Corp. And that was the connection. And like, if that's as much as you're going to do, like, come on, like, you have a lot to work with. Like, Mm. how does this connect? What are Chris's motivations other than just being like a good guy in quotations? Like, what happened in his life that motivates him to want to fight this stuff that wants to put his himself in danger like what happened to him that leads him to do this we don't get any of that and mm-hmm. i mean ethan's motivation is completely family-based but even in the end he gives up so if his motivation is staying with his daughter and making sure you know that he has a happy life in the end he's like i'm done i'm just gonna kill myself which is like i mean it, it makes sense in the story in the sense that he's protecting them forever by doing that but he also doesn't know that like doing that could kill his daughter he has no concept of how this all works because none of us do. And so if he blows himself up, how does he know that that's not going to end up killing Rose, who is part of the same thing that he is? Like, there's just no thought. And they just do things that we have to accept it because we have no other thing to do. But like, this is, as we said, there's a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of decisions that just lead to nowhere and just lead to mm-hmm. more questions, which can be fun in some games like Kentucky Red Zero, which is set up to do that. And then it's very philosophical. But like, when you have a game like Resident Evil, you don't want to to get to the end and be like, that made no goddamn sense. Like, you want to get to the end and be like, oh, I see. And so, in the end, I was disappointed uh, with the village. There were great moments in it uh, that I think are fun to experience. As I said, it would make, like, great demos. Like, like, any one of these could go off and be their own Resident Evil game if they just developed it further. But in the way it is now, it's a bunch of puzzle pieces that don't really fit together. And, uh... And it's kind of a, a a misstep in a line of what is a lot of very successful games in the Resident Evil canon. So. Just to uh, to say, uh, I my playtime is eight and a half hours. Um, so I I worked out, assuming that two hours of that were plot, right? And that's generous. Mm-hmm. That's generous. <laughs> yeah. If there was two hours of plot in an eight and a half hour playthrough. That means that twenty three point five percent of the game was plot. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, less than, it, less than un- a quarter of it is plot and well and un- building. And unfortunately, like it'd be different if that twenty three percent was you know sprinkled about throughout the game, but that entirety twenty three percent was all done at the end half of the game. It's not just that; like it's like you know twenty three percent of a game. That's okay if it's like if it's Doom. Like, I would expect a quarter of the lore, like a quarter of the gameplay to be lore from Doom. Like that, would, that would be excessive for Doom, truth be told. But for a Resi game where you've got this fucking 
mold and the baker incident and all of this stuff like it's it's not enough which yeah, leads I, me to my next question going jared gone no i, I was gonna say that I, I i got i was excited when we found out like that ethan was dead and i was kind of like interested but i realized that it, it just fell flat after that and i was like oh okay well yeah mm. which brings me to my last the last point before we we reveal the interstitial i guess um Ooh. would you play resi 9 or any future installment of the winter's story um i honestly i i think that the story was part part interesting enough and part confusing enough where i was like i just want to fucking know what happens <laughs> i think there were so many unanswered questions if there was nine i'd play it just be like in hopes that it would answer some of the questions from eight so yes, that'd I mean, be my even, answer. Even outside of out of nine, like if they had DLC, like you're saying, yeah, no, I would play the DLC. Hundred percent. And I mean, it's a free DLC from all accounts. So yeah, even I, mean, I, I liked seven, and I know that I've said that, and so like, that's the thing that carries me. Yeah, is <laughs> like I liked this other game, and this is sort of connected to that. So any information I can get about that other game I played. I want that information or any or any opportunity to have an experience similar to that is like, yeah, I really like seven. If I can have that replicated, I wish I didn't have to sit through nine hours of shitty gameplay to do that. That would be nice. <laughs> but unfortunately, that is what I have been presented with. And that is what I'm going to do. Um, so, yeah, like I would play nine and, and hopefully they learn from this. I don't think this was very well received and it seems like it's been forgotten very quickly. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, that happens and it's like a, it's a forgotten gem. And sometimes that happens for a good reason. And unfortunately, in, in this instance, in my opinion, it's it's a good reason. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. uh, Kai is never going to pick anything but an indie game after this. No. <laughs> yeah, I made a horrible choice. It's a mistake. No, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by where the story is going to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm willing to pay 60 pounds to find out. Truth be told yeah unless um, you get forced to on the podcast and then that's different <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i mean I, it would depend on what came out and trailer wise and, and stuff like that and yeah. what the marketing was beforehand it might convince me right. um but assuming that it looked like a repurposed resi 8 i would probably just watch a walkthrough watch a playthrough on youtube mm -hmm. truth be told i would i would yeah. pay, if it's going to be another eight i wouldn't pay 60 pound for it um, that's fair that's fair if it was another seven 100 percent, i'd pay 60 pound for it yeah um so yeah I'm i would just wait to, and uh, pay the 34 dollars i paid on amazon yeah, so yeah. I, I paid 35 pounds so <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I mean, honestly the 34 dollars was worth it enough for the i think so yeah uh, like the fun sections of this like even outside of the game like i don't feel like i like oh man i really wasted 30 dollars like i had fun like i had fun yeah. than some other games that i paid much more to play so it's like yeah it's just unfortunately the story is for me why i play games and when that falls flat it's very disappointing for other people they could care less mm -hmm. so people i mean this game doesn't have the longevity of something like a halo but you know if that's your thing if you play games for the mechanics if you play games just because it's like fun to interact with the world then like yeah go for it yeah uh, you know you won't be disappointed with that aspect of it but if you do play games for the story yeah not not there not $60 worth of story, at least. Yeah. Okay, Kai. Well, what game 
are we playing for our interstitial? What is your interstitial pick? Let's see if let's see if Ben was right. I believe Ben was correct. Oh, uh, okay. Can I can I say in advance just so I don't be like, oh yeah, I was right after he I said mean, it. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> are we playing twelve minutes? We are playing the indie uh, game published by Annapurna. Uh, I think developed by Annapurna too. Probably not. I think it was no. it was developed by like one person though. Uh, twelve yes. minutes. Yes, uh, starring uh, William Defoe. Yeah, William McAvoy, James Devoe, Defoe, uh, and Daisy Ridley. All of those were <laughs> you wrong. said. All of those names <laughs> wrong. <laughs> was it on purpose? Was it not? Raisley Diddley, William Dewell, and William Dewell. I have deliberately not played this game because I knew I was ninety nine percent sure your interstitial was going to be twelve minutes. I feel yeah. like we have to do a disclaimer that Kai and I have played very little of this game already. Yeah, I've very heard little. a lot of very so. negative buzz about this game online. Um, Interesting. And I had to actually, I had to skip an episode of Play, Watch, Listen because they talked about it um, and I didn't yes. want it spoiled. Well, uh, we'll, we'll find out if it's good or not. I will say this was an incredibly hard decision because Canadian indie games are my kink and Moonglow Moon Glow Bay. Bay also came out and I was like, God damn, I want to play this, but I don't think it'd be as interesting not, as talking about not only is. not only is it Canadian wilderness, but it's like farming sim where you're fishing and trying to catch fish. It's like right up your alley. It's made it is, for you. It literally was made for me. Um, but I think twelve minutes will be more interesting to talk about. I think there's knows, a little maybe. bit more there to unpack, and especially in an episode, it'll it'll carry a little bit better. And I want to finish it and play it. So twelve minutes is the interstitial. Yes. I hope yes. you guys join us. I believe yeah. it is free on Game Pass right now. Yes, it is. Um, it is indeed. Yes. So it is free for those of you who subscribe to Game Pass. Um, I don't know how much like it is other than that. But outside of that, but yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, you know, it, it had a ton of buzz before it came out. I remember. I really like games that use time as an element. Uh, so I am excited to figure out the mystery of this game and yeah. talk about it with all of you. Uh, if you already have played through uh, Twelve Minutes, leave us your feedback. Let us yeah, hear what let you us know thought how you, of it. How you think? What you think of it? Yeah, hundred percent. We'd love to hear it. Did you love it? Did you hate it? What would you rate it? Wow! Did you mean to? Did you mean to rhyme right there? You're just uh, you're that, a poet. You're is, a poet I'm not, not going to take credit for that. That is how Anthony Fantano ends every video, or the needle uh, drop. For those of you gotcha. who watch YouTube, um, um, I saw yeah, that. guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting to the end of the episode. As always, to follow us and see what other things we're going to be playing: Twitter, Instagram. I play along pod. Follow us on Good Pods. Leave us a review. Leave us a three star. Leave us a one star review. Tell us how <laughs> shitty we are. Especially okay, after this. Don't, don't fuck the algorithm too much. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We a want couple to of you leave a one star. Yeah. Balance it out with a couple five stars if you want. Yeah. You if know. you go, if you go in and leave a one star on one episode, go leave a five star on another one. Just to you know. Also, just if you're gonna yell balance. at me on the internet, KY, not KAI. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe now that you know, now that you know, you do KAI purposefully just to piss me off. So you know, that's also yeah. an option too. There you also, go. if you're interested in what our next main series game is that we're going to be <gasps> jumping into, make sure you listen to this next upcoming interstitial because Jer Bear, Jared, it's me. the the great Deku Tree Moss, <laughs> is wow. going to be announcing uh, <laughs> what we are playing through as a group. Yeah, Bear Skyward Sword is a good game, Moss. That's me. 
Skyward Sword is a good you're game. Gonna the, you're gonna get the Skyward Sword haters uh, in our DMs. It's all good. I, I can take them. I can. I'll, I'll fight them off. Uh, yes, uh, guys. So in the next episode, we will be talking about our time in 12 minutes. We'll see you then. Peace bye. out. Goodbye. Ciao, ciao. 11 minutes. 12 minutes. 10 minutes. Nine minutes. Eight minutes. All the minutes. Five.